last week I realized when we were doing American War for London for the cast, I uh there's some things you just you, you have brain farts when you're when yeah. you're when you're doing this and I and I was like, We gotta get some American actors like, Oh, Daniel Radcliffe would be great for oh, uh, this role. And I go yeah, Brandon, he's not he's not <laughs> yeah. American. Um, and I realized that as I was editing it, I was like, Oh, I didn't even catch that. I caught it. I, I didn't catch it in the moment. But it happens yeah. sometimes where like you just say something that just like you look back yeah. and edit, you're like, Oh, that's wrong. Yeah. And you can't fix it. And Daniel Radcliffe is not is not American. He's English. Um, very much so. Very much so. Very much so. Uh, he wouldn't have been Harry Potter if he wasn't. Right. Um, was the thing. But I was just like, yeah, it happens a lot. Not a lot, but the, like. Where I just I realize I've messed up on something. I was yeah, like, well, can't I, go back and change it now. I mean, it's like you know we're recording for like two hours, so it's like we're bound to say yeah. something stupid. Oh yeah, I, <laughs> say, I say stupid stuff all the time on here, yeah. and sometimes I cut it out, and sometimes I don't. <laughs> sometimes you got to leave it in for a little flavor. Yeah, well, so, I, I mispronounce words all the time. Oh, for sure. Uh, and occasionally, I'll get text messages from people. You idiot. Yeah, I got a text message about one or on why I mispronounced uh, Yosemite. Oh, um, what'd you call it? Yosemite, I oh. believe is what I said. Because I'm not from California. I've never yeah. been. I've never been to Yosemite. Um, You've never been to Yosemite. Yeah, I was what, like, what Yosemite. about Yosemite Sam though? Yosemite, yeah, I, I, just then click. Just completely <laughs> blanked, and someone's like, "Someone text me was like, did you just say Yosemite for Yosemite?" <laughs> I was like, "Is that how you do it? Is that how you say it?" Um. <laughs> But yeah, um, I, I do want to go to to Yosemite. I would like to go to Yosemite as well. Yosemite, <laughs> yeah, I would love to do it. Um, make a make a trip out. Make of a trip out of Yosemite. Uh, just Yosemite. Keep, call, keep calling it that to like yeah. annoy everybody. Annoy everybody. Yeah, no, Yosemite. <laughs> and it's just there's certain things my brain just like just forgets of how to pronounce words sometimes. It just happens. Yeah. And yeah. But I would never like fault anybody for that because like it it means that they read it somewhere, you know, and they're just assuming, yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. I've I've heard that where I was like, oh, they yeah. just read it and they hadn't hear someone right. say it, or they didn't yeah. hear someone and like read it at the same time and realize that's how you pronounce it. Right. Um. So yeah. So now you know. Hopefully, I'll I'll start saying Yosemite from now on and not. Yosemite. I mean, I always thought I like, I didn't learn until the eight and a half episode that it's <clears throat> Jungian, not Jungian. I always thought it was Jungian. Oh, it's Jungian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, for you mean for Carl Carl yeah. Young. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of. We did, we went to the writer strike. Yeah. Recently, we. we, we uh, we Hopefully this doesn't prevent us from getting jobs in the future. But we, we, I don't, it was funny that someone recognized me as I was as I was so as I was walking. Which I found funny. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh man, this is it's gonna happen every time. Um, no, for the people who who aren't LA based or are unaware of the writer strike, it's currently going on as we're recording this. It's been going on for about two oh or two weeks now or a week now. Two weeks now. Yeah, two weeks, yeah. yeah, two weeks now. Um. Yeah, we went out and got some steps. Went 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 to the Sony lot. <laughs> walked the the entire walked lot. all around the Sony lot. <laughs> Didn't mean to. Just kind of happened. Um. Uh. Sony lot being the old MGM lot. I I know LB Mayer would be very happy that we we would not be very happy that we we're doing that. Um. But yeah, it was it was a it was fun time. Yeah. <laughs> I put that. Um. I mean, striking is not fun for anyone. In this in this in right. this. Uh, right now, but but it's, it's good to have it's that inter- like yeah, community, it's, right? Yeah, it's an interesting vibe going going out. Like we went out there, it was a very small group, kind of in our area, and we had a, a guy who had a his guitar and trumpet and played yeah. for like two hours and just fifteen people on our. It was like fifteen. It was like, yeah. it was like four or five different entrances that people were at, and we were at one. And it's just like you're walking back and forth for two hours, you get a lot of steps in. They they had snacks and water. It was a, it was a it was a great time. Yeah. Um. Hopefully it doesn't go too long. Uh. But we'll see. Uh. 
uh, hopefully the right the writers and everyone i'm not we're not part of the guild uh but yeah, we, we pre. pre i guess pre wga is what they say the people who are writers who are not in the guild but uh very much supportive of what's going on hopefully there's some changes in the industry um do that we can hope we can hope um but yeah it's uh that was happening in L.A. Uh, movies we just watched. We just watched Cutter's Way last night. Yeah. What, what, did, you, what did you think about that? Because I'd seen it before. you never yeah. seen it before. I, I read your review this morning, and I think uh, you kind of touched on it for me. Um, I wish I hadn't read that it was like a neo-noir, because I think I expected more like mystery elements. Yep. But but I did like that it was more character-focused and whatnot. I think I just need to revisit it to, for it to like fully click, but I, I enjoyed yeah. it. I, and great performances. Well, yeah. enjoyed the tough, because it's, it's, it's a very bleak movie. very bleak movie. Yeah, but I liked it. For those who um, don't know yeah. about Cutter's Way, Cutter's Way is, is uh, stars Jeff Bridges, uh, John Hurd. John Hurd, you might know from being the father in Home Alone. Very different uh, Very different role. role. Yeah. Um, and Lisa Eichhorn is what it was. It was wild. So I was reading up on on everything. It's like it feels like just a missed year for everyone besides Jeff Bridges. Well, like Jeff Bridges was already kind of a star right. at that point. But like, so John Hurd, John Hurd gives probably one of the like just an amazing performance for the, the 1980s and yeah. just amazing performance performance in general. And it's one of those, as I said afterwards, is that and in the kind of my review is like it feels like one of those performances that should have been a breakthrough for someone and just, it didn't catch right. on for some reason. It's just like, didn't get big, um, well, it, box it, office. It didn't do well financially, right? Or, no, yeah, it only yeah. $1.7 million. Oh, wow. And like United artists, they released it one time. It was under the different, the, the earlier name of cutter and bone, which was the based on the, the novel, right? the novel. Um, and then they, uh, um, they re-released it in other cities. It just, it just didn't do well. It did like a festival circuit, and yeah, Heard Heard plays this this Vietnam War veteran who's kind of like, who's physically disfigured and is alcoholic and and kind of has this obsession over this possible murder that happened in Santa Barbara, which is where they're at. Um, Bridges is kind of this aimless. Someone put it it's like the, someone put it in a, in a review on Letterboxd saying that like this this could be the dude when he's younger. Yeah, before I mean, that's what I was thinking. Said, <laughs> is that he's just like kind of aimless. Beach bum, essentially. Beach bum, basically, yeah. uh, who's hooking up with like married women at the at the hotel nearby, and and all that, and yeah, lives on a boat yeah. and all that. Um, I, uh, that made me think of the line from Big Love. She's not my girlfriend. She's my special lady friend. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so, but no, but Lisa uh, Lisa Icorn. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that name right after I'm talking about mispronouncing stuff. But she, so she plays the the wife of John Hurt's character, and I read that she was originally cast in a movie called All Night Long with Gene Hackman and and it came out it was supposed to come out it came out the same year as this movie but she was cast in the as the co-star and it was supposed to be this like um like low budget kind of drama and I've seen it it's not great but what happened was I wonder what it would be like if she was actually in it because they cast her in it and apparently we're shooting it and the the director's girlfriend was Barbara Streisand's agent, and she was like, "Hey, it'd be great if Barbara Streisand Oof. was in this movie instead." And so they basically fired um, Lisa Icorn and then put in Streisand, and the budget like skyrocketed, and the movie came out and was like a, a box office like failure. Is what oh. it was. And you're like, huh? Because because it was supposed to be like a five million dollar movie, it ended up being fifteen million dollars. Damn. Um, because I think Streisand got paid like, I think it was like they said like fifteen. Let's see, like like she was paid four million dollars for the movie, which was the highest salary for an actor up to that point. So it went from being a low budget like release for a studio for Universal to being 
the highest paid actor yeah, of, that, of that vehicle. point. Yeah. Um, and and it's, it's okay. It's, it's like, it's, it's, uh, I think Hackman was pretty good. I didn't think Streisand was that great in the role, mm. but I think it's just, it was just a we. it's a, that's a weird dynamic. Hackman and Streisand in kind of a rom-com. Yeah. Role, and I don't. I don't know if Lisa Eichhorn would have been the best part for it either. I don't know what, it, but it's, just, it's a we. It just didn't do well. But I was just like, wow, she had two like a box office failure with Cutter's Way, that she's really great in that doesn't hit, and then she has a starring role in a studio film opposite Gene Hackman, right. like an Oscar-winning actor, Gene Hackman in this rom com, and she gets cut from that for Barbara Streisand. And I did read that Streisand fired her agent after this movie came out. So. <laughs> um sorry as you do in hollywood yeah um but but yeah it, it but it's kind of a great movie if you can find it it's i think it's on tubi and pluto right now but yeah it's it's a neo it's like everyone says a neo-noir but i think it's very in line another like, talking about hackman very in line with like night yeah definitely yeah when you made that comparison that was interesting i also thought it was interesting when you said because it came out in 81 like it's another one of those like tail in new hollywood yeah, movies we talked about blowout yeah, yeah yeah it's like audiences aren't uh i don't think audiences were like wanting the bleakness anymore. Yeah, they were kind of over it at that point. Yeah, guys, yeah. I saw this really bleak movie this weekend. I think you all should go check it. It's like no one, no one really says well, at that. At that point, they were like moving into the Reagan era, which yeah. was all about oh, the future is gonna be bright, it's gonna be bright, and, and the American dream's alive and we're well. We're still dealing with and and the and these characters are in that movie are kind of realized again. It's like they've all realized that the game's rigged in a way, right. or at least in their eyes, it's rigged, and um, this rich person in town who's possibly one of the richest people in America it's like could possibly get away with something if they don't do it mm-hmm. um trying not to go into spoiler territory with this but yeah it's it's a fun it's not a fun movie but it's a, it's a good movie to watch uh, if you like kind of that era of I guess new Hollywood 1970s cinema but right. it just happens to be in 1981 um but even with all that today's movie I think is interesting because to, to try to segue into yeah. that um before I announce my name and everything um <laughs> Uh, with Predator Day being kind of a, I mean, it's 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 an eighties film. And it's it's fun and action, yeah. but like it's still kind of like it's a dark eighties movie. Yeah. Like for for a Schwarzenegger film, I think it's like mm-hmm. a lot of stuff happens to a lot of people in this movie. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny. I've never really looked at Predator analytically, and I think like doing it for this podcast, I think it's interesting. Like, yes, it's like it's a popcorn movie, but if you look at it in like its context, like the the grand context of it, it yeah. there's a lot of fascinating stuff going on here. It is. No, I yeah. agree. I Both agree. historically and like within the, the movie itself. Okay, yeah, so. it's just, I mean, it's like you got you got Apollo Creed in there, and look yeah. what happens to him in it. It's it, it's it's like it's kind of like it's somewhat surprising for the period, I guess. Yeah. It's like if you release this today, and they've tried several times, and and granted, as it says, I haven't seen Prey yet, and I never saw predators with oh, wow. adrian brody yeah yeah i saw the that's predator. got a stack cast too i mean yeah. like a random cast you yeah i've expect. seen i've seen, seen the predator but i haven't yeah. seen the predators um well, uh, but i think the point you're about to make like the predator like it didn't kill off well no it didn't no, kill it off it yeah. really, I mean, it, well there's people that die but not it, yeah. it, it's not as much right, i right. say with this yeah. with this one kind of goes for it feels like and and i mean you look at like aliens too it's like most of the well spo- we're about to get into spoilers for alien and aliens yeah, 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 yeah just for those yeah. movies i'm sorry if you haven't listened to it, but a lot of stuff happens yeah. to a lot of people in yeah. those movies is basically what i'll say <laughs> yes that's not exactly a happy ending is the thing <laughs> um but yeah but anyway well I, aliens i think ends on a, on a happy note but alien 3 immediately negates ne- yeah takes away <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly exactly 
Um, but anyways, anyway, yeah, yeah. I'm Brandon Sparks. I'm David Glenn the Fourth. This is Cination Podcast. We talk about film genres, and this month we're talking about monster movies. So it's Monster Movie May. And David, what have we talked about so far this month regarding this genre and kind of the movies we've discussed? Yeah, so we we started with Frankenstein, and then we uh, discussed Amer- American Werewolf in London uh, last mm-hmm. week, and then you guys also for the the Patreon episode, you guys discussed um, Wars, mm-hmm. which is going to come out soon. Um, but yeah, like in a, in a broader sense, we talked about kind of how monsters can. Um, explore different aspects of humanity, um, you know, and uh, we talked about, you know, effects, a lot of about, about special Practical effects, effects, which we'll yeah. be talking about quite extensively today. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like, it's just a very interesting genre that can that can handle a lot of different things. And it, and yeah. looking at the four movies that we've we've chosen for this month, the next one being Attack, Attack the Block. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's uh, interesting, all the different like sub subgenres or like genre combined genres yeah, yeah. that you can do with with a monster movie, I think. Yeah, yeah. well, it could be, it'd be aliens. It could be yeah. a creature. You like, so yeah. could also like creature feature in some way. Yeah, see, because I use those those interchangeably. I use creature feature and monster. And movie. some people don't. Yeah, but it, I was I was thinking about this. It might be like the bourbon whiskey thing. It's like all creature features are monster movies, but not all monster movies are or creature, creature features. features. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Yeah, because like, would would vampire movies be considered creature features, yeah. or would you or would you consider it that? I don't know. It's a good question. I, yeah, but like, but Gremlins, I consider creature both yeah, creature feature. Yeah. Well, and they're monsters too. And probably, <laughs> we don't know the rules of this. Um, but like, uh, but yes, we've kind of discussed with with, with Frankenstein's monster. Then we, we discussed with with werewolves, and with this is kind of. I mean. Alien, yeah. With this one, and, and Attack the Block, I believe, is also kind of aliens as well. So right. Discuss next week. I haven't seen it in a while. That's recording this, but um, but yeah, a lot of them will tr- not all of them. They'll, they'll they'll there's some sort of you can use monster movies in a it can be just a pure thrills and scares, yeah. or you can try to make some kind of statements in some way, whether that be like a coming of age story uh through a werewolf movie if it's made an American werewolf, but some movies have done that. Sure. Um, or if it's, it's Frankenstein talking about kind of the, uh, the God or, or, or the uh, law of nature in yeah, a way and, and what happens when you, when you break it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to be God in some way, but also right. uh, and the nature versus nurture we've talked about with that is that how does how does Frankenstein's monster learn violence? Is he is it in him or is he taught that because that's right. what's given to him when he's when he's born basically or created mm-hmm. um with predator i was it's a little different um well i mean in mctiernan's own words it's a popcorn movie it's so. a popcorn yeah. movie yeah, yeah, yeah but it is interesting kind of how we view like the idea of like hunting in some way like, it, sure. it's, it's not really an overarching theme but it's there's interesting stuff with what schwarzenegger and sure. them were doing we're like essentially how they have to become yeah yeah animals in some way right. or a predator in some way to yeah. kind of conquer it i mean it, it tests their their like commando tactics to the yes. extreme yep. but but brings into um like uh yeah just the like hunters become the, the hunted hunt, yeah, yeah the hunters become the hunted and then also did, did you hunt as a kid or a teenager no. yeah me either i've never hunted me at either all. yeah uh my grandparents on both sides or mm-hmm. my granddad on both both sides and then my uncles did but my dad was never i think that was his form of rebellion was not getting yeah. into hunting and fishing and so by proxy my brother and i didn't really get into yeah <laughs> i i i growing up i i we had a my cousins and uh my uncle on my mom's side is that they had like a pond at their mm-hmm. place and so we i i fished like as a child yeah, it's not, i'm not like yeah it's not like fi- i not like legit fishing, right I not like, like a big old no it's yeah. like oh let's go out and let's go to the pond and i'll put yeah. my little ro- yeah. put a little little rod in a little, little fly and then like we'll i'll pull up maybe a little bee fish or whatever right 
but but like but like if you want like a the big fish which it was it was kind of i think it was kind of a catfish pond or maybe my mind is thinking it was i thought we had catfish like towards the back of the pond mm. away so from the deck so you yeah. had to cast it out and as like a five-year-old kid i was not casting anything yeah. out that far or, or probably reeling it in you probably would have exactly had exactly <laughs> and so yeah and i never hunted like yeah. like I had friends that did, uh, and I had another uncle that did as that does yeah. as well. Uh, but I, yeah, I never, yeah. I never was into it. And that, it's it's like, and being from the south, it's kind of like, oh, you you hunt and you do right. this and everything. So is it the assumption, right? Yeah, but, but my mom was very much against it. Like she yeah. didn't want my brother and I to. Like I bought camo to do do airsoft. That that's yeah. that's that's what it was. Like I, it was like that's made the most like hunting I did is I was in the airsoft and like with friends and yeah. was terrible at it. Is the thing. I will say though, but anytime my granddad went hunting, he made the best deer jerky ever. Dude. Now my buddy, my buddy in high school who did yeah. that, he, he he could make some yeah. good deer jerky and I as ate, well. Yes. I ate the entire bag, and then the next day I went to the doctor and I had um like a test, you know, like you, where they take your oh, blood. No, and they were like, your sodium levels are out of, the, out of oh, this. And wow. I was like, oh, well, I ate an entire bag of deer, deer jerky. So and they're <laughs> like, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> well, I don't do that. Just completely, I didn't even think about it. Okay, um, I'm going to the doctor tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, anyways, um, yeah, my buddy, you know, my, my buddy, my he he made deer jerky. He always, well. I won't say his name on here, but yeah, he made deer jerky, wine. Uh, was it deer jerky wine? He had four things: deer jerky, wine, moonshine, mm-hmm. and belt buckles. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, that's a, that's and a small business. And he always he always asked me. He was he was like, "You tell your your California friends about your redneck buddies out here." And like, I don't talk to him that much anymore. I haven't talked to him in years. Yeah, but he was he was, and I was like, "Yeah, I always tell him you make you make wine, moonshine." Dude, get us a box of that shit. Uh, uh, <laughs> Wine, moonshine, uh, deer jerky, and and belt buckles. And he goes, "Hell, I would grow weed, but they frown upon that here." Um, yeah, dude, have him send us a care package. I'll, I'll eat some. Deer. I've asked him; he's never done. It. He's never done it for me. I got oh. I, yeah, he, he's a character, but yeah. But yes, this aspect of hunting, I think, does in a way speak to primal masculinity. Yes, in, in, in some, yes, in some way. But which yeah. we'll talk about. Yeah, I'm excited to hear kind the of the hyper masculinity of, of it's very yeah, it's very hyper masculine, <laughs> and and you have the one female character right. who's like, "Don't touch the gun, get to the chopper." It knows, it knows, it it knows you you you're not part. Or what is it? It's it's like uh, what does he say? It's uh, you're you're gonna hear a lot of bad Arnold impersonations. Yeah, oh, for sure. I, I feel like we'll kill the dinosaurs. The Ice Age. Yeah. I mean, he's Batman and Robin Punch. Like that's gotta be some because there was a chill. whole there was a YouTube video of chill. just his, hey, everybody chill. There was chill. a YouTube video of uh, just his one liners like yeah. from a bunch of movies. But like I swear to God, fifty percent of it was, was Batman. And Robin. I mean, hey, <laughs> they knew what they were getting when they, right. when they hired him. Was like, of course not. They weren't gonna do legit Mr. Freeze from the comics. Yeah. They were like, oh, it's just it should be Arnold in this weird the Ice Age. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyways, yeah, yeah, uh, Predator, Predator, nineteen eighty seven. <laughs> so uh, it's about a nineteen eighty seven, right? Yeah, yeah. I heard, heard ninety seven. Yeah, no, right. sorry, nineteen eighty seven. Yeah. It's uh, about a team of macho military dudes who are sent on a rescue mission, but come face to face with a deadly alien hunter. Hell yeah! Uh, and as we mentioned, you know, it's kind of like the hunters become the hunted because they're yes. like a covert, um, like like they're they're rescue rescue, they're, yeah. they're rescue team, and that's yeah. and Para- that, paramilitary, I think. Yeah, so. yeah, because and and not jump too hard for basically like that the whole thing with Schwarzenegger uh, with Dutch, his character is yeah. like. He doesn't like going in and actually like being like, like killing military. If that may, it's like yeah. we only go in to rescue people. We don't go right. and do the dirty work of other missions. Yeah. But because they're so incredible at what they do, 
people want them yeah. to do those dirty missions, basically. And that's such an eighties premise, right? It's the best yeah. of the best, you know. Best but I think, best, but I think, yeah, and again, and these are like the machoist dudes that have ever existed, right? Yeah. That's like the premise. But uh, I think that's brilliant for a creature feature because it's like, oh no, now they're meeting their match. Yeah, and, and we'll talk about later. There's actually some, some great moments that I think McTiernan gets out of them. But yeah, mm-hmm. so it was directed by John McTiernan, written by the Thomas brothers, Jim and John, with some passes done by other writers. We'll get into that. Yeah, um, it was produced by Lawrence Gordon, Joel Silver, and John Davis. All three are integral to the story um cinematography by donald mcalpine mm-hmm. music by alan silvestri mm-hmm. who i don't think he gets discussed as much as he probably should you know yeah, i mean the back I, to the future score is kind of like yeah i like oh. alan silvestri i think yeah. sometimes he can sometimes be seen as like this is gonna sound terrible oh, when I, say I, this. I think i know what you're about to say it's like a, a knockoff john williams you're gonna say <laughs> and i don't mean that in a negative way like but some people feel that way it's like it but a lot of times like I think he ha- I think he has very similar scores sometimes to him like similar he, he can create certain feelings mm-hmm. that John Williams can that's kind sure. of what I'm gonna knock off and so it's like you almost always assume it's John Williams yeah. but it's like Alan Silvestri is like another version right of that again no offense to Alan Silvestri yeah very super very talented yeah. uh he yeah, said so back to the future um uh I mean, the Predator theme is pretty well known. I feel yeah, like again, him. Forrest Gump, who yeah. framed Roger Rabbit a lot. He did a lot of Zemeckis stuff. Yeah. He's done a lot of Zemeckis stuff. Um, and he's also, he did, he did the Avengers thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah. And then makeup effects by Stan Winston, the legend. Yeah. Uh, the film stars Arnold Schwarzenegger as Dutch, uh, the leader of the team. We got Carl Weathers as Dylan. The He's kind of the CIA guy, guy who uh, brings them in. And he has a history with Dutch. Um, yeah. There's Kevin Peter Hall as the Predator. Elpida Carrillo as Anna, uh, who's like the hostage mm-hmm. gorilla, the the female lead that we mentioned. There's Bill Duke as Mac, Jesse the Body Ventura as Blaine, Sonny yeah. Landum as Billy, Richard Chavez as Pancho, and Shane Black as Hawkins. And um, it's interesting because like if you went on, guys, I looked at the Wikipedia page, obviously, uh, you know, at to, at the beginning of my research, and uh, it's mm-hmm. funny they each have like a role within the team. It kind of touches on it in the movie, um, but like they each have a specific mm-hmm. role within their covert team. So it, like it makes sense that they're all there as opposed to just being the yeah you know some of them are more the muscle and then some of them are more because like billy yeah. billy's the tracker right yeah and and you see arnold kind of delineating tasks at, at certain points yeah um but yeah it's it's a good good group of good group of dudes good um, man. Macho it's just it's man. just uh, dudes being bros man yeah dudes being bros dudes in the movie. Being dudes. yeah uh but anyways it's currently streaming on hbo max uh yep. and you know you'll probably could find the, the dvd or blu-ray anyway yeah. um but yeah so what, what's your kind of history with predator brent what, what, what brought you to to this masterpiece of well masculine. i think i think a predator it's i only seen it once before this actually yeah well, i'm kind of shocked well, yeah that's that's what happens yeah. um seen die hard a lot a lot more than this uh in terms of john McTiernan movies um no it's 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 one i think i came to very late uh because again i was never again because I, I, I didn't grow up watching you know this is not really a horror film right but it's I tangentially think, i think yeah. because i was growing up in a period where you had movies like Alien versus Predator that looked like horror films to me, I just never really watched these. Mm. Um, at least in the marketing, is what I right. mean. Right, no, no. And, and I would say that one's probably more horror horror than this is. Yeah, Alien versus Predator. And so I just never really came to it in, I, until maybe I moved out here. Honestly. Oh wow. Um, and oh man. And but but it's why I knew like from the beginning like, it's it's a really amazing action picture. Yeah. Like the way McTiernan directs it, the kind of the ragtag group of, of excellent military operatives or whatever <laughs> um so i knew from the and it's interesting too with predator and i don't know if we'll go this but like i feel like two 
like meme culture of it yeah. has helped it grow over time oh, for sure. over the past few years. And that's what I was thinking. Like, I really wonder how Gen Z like reacts to this. Do they just laugh at it? Like, yeah, if they know it's because that's the other thing with memes is like sometimes yeah. you don't even know what movie they're from. Right. Like, they just use the memes of like of like Keanu being like, whoa, when yeah. it's like Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Right. Or like the the I mean, here's the thing. Jeremiah Johnson is more known for the Robert Redford meme, the, the actual meme, movie. They never knew who who that yeah. was or what the movie's from. Yeah. Or what movie it's from. When he's looking yeah. and it's a zoom the, in that, on yeah. his face. Oh. Yeah. Like and so with this one it's the it's the like get to the chopper. Well that too, but also the like the two hands. Oh, yeah. The, the uh Carl Weathers' up arm and Schwarzenegger's arm biceps, like, grasping yeah. and You son of a bitch. Where it's like that became like like freedom, like <laughs> like diversity and like yeah. brotherhood and all it and became kind of a meme. Yeah, yeah. Came, came kind of a meme in that way. Yeah. But no one really knows not anyone come really comes from that. And then like yeah. I think later on too, like the meme we were talking about before the show of like not meme, but like the kind of parody of the using the the title ending credits yeah. as, with, with full house theme or yeah. 80s sitcom theme. And there's just certain things that I feel like to a certain audience, right. it's known as this amazing action movie uh, and incredible direction from McTiernan and, yeah. and, and, and a, and a uh, may, and one of Schwarzenegger's best, but then also to another probably group of people, it's like it's known only for like as a joke, I guess the yeah. jokes yeah. and the memes yeah. of it all. Well, it's funny. I, like like I said, watching this analytically for the first time, I realized I love this both ironically and unironically. Exactly, and I know that's like a it, it contradiction, happen. but I think that's how I feel about this movie. Um, but yeah, it's <laughs> I think Top Gun's in that same exact yeah, way. Yeah, I think yeah. you can like it unironically and yeah. think it's great, but also like it's it's kind of like yeah, you can I can you can enjoy it ironically. As but that's the thing. the thing too. It's like there's a yes, it has the cheesy one liners and stuff, but there's a sincerity to the masculine. Yeah. Like it's not making fun of these guys, you know. No, the, the movie's not. No, yeah, but like. It, I don't know. I think it adds an element that's not always in these '80s action movies. Even though, like, hypermasculinity was yeah. so prevalent to the point where it, like, if you push hypermasculinity far enough, it's go goes straight into cheese. You know? It's done. Uh, things are done as a joke, but they're not the joke. Correct. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it's yeah. like Ventura being like, "I don't have time to bleed," <laughs> or so bitch is dug in like an Alabama tick. Yeah. Or, or then, or then Schwarzenegger. Again, uh, the line I love is when he's just like. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Yeah, <laughs> or whatever he says. Yeah, that's exactly. Which um, is the na- also the name of the behind the scenes doc. Oh, really? <laughs> if it bleeds, we can kill it. But yeah, so I first saw this as a kid. I'm kind of shocked you didn't see it until older. Because well, see, here's the thing. My dad wasn't. I I discovered because like we'll probably talk about it later. But this is a dad canon movie. I think it's a cable for movie for dads, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but but I mean, it's like this is the kind of movie that a dad would watch. Like yeah, drink a couple cold ones and watch Predator. But my dad was never into these kind of movies. Yeah, so I kind of my dad, my dad yeah. isn't either. Because my dad didn't like gun violence in movies, yeah, yeah. but and and the older I get, I kind of get where he's coming from. And McTiernan actually makes a point about it later, which we'll discuss. But mm-hmm. I, uh, but yeah, as a kid, I mean, I would watch. We talked about this before the the cable loophole. Yeah, yeah. And so as a kid, we would go to the pool during the day, my brother and I, and, and like neighborhood friends. And then at night, I would watch movies mm-hmm. uh, in in the summer. So I would record them, you know, with a with, uh, with a tape, like what was playing during the day. So I recorded mm-hmm. this off Spike, but I messed it up, and I. It was either started at the thirty or the hour, and I I messed it up. So the first act, you know, where they attack, <laughs> come on, I didn't know it existed. Yeah, I just thought, oh, I missed the opening titles, and I it started with, it starts with the, the pre- joke, his, yeah. the joke in the Predator's heat vision. That's yeah. the, that was the first scene I saw. And so for years until I got the DVD, I thought that was the beginning of the movie, <laughs> and I was like, wait, there's this whole action sequence. Of-? So yeah, uh, but no, I mean, I've seen this countless times. I mean, I don't, I can't even tell you, dude. Um, yeah. Well, you watched, so I have yeah. to watch that many times. <laughs> I guess is, is the thing. Yeah, I mean, um, this is, I mean, this is kind of the movie you watch with your your friends, you know. You, you yeah. Crack a couple cold ones and you, with your boys. Um, and there's a whole sunny bit that, about that, but yeah. It's a bunch of dudes watching Predator, <laughs> yeah. man. What's going well, on like, with that? So there's a great episode of It's Always Sunny called uh, Mac and Dennis Break Up, and mm-hmm. um, 
basically the, the impetus for the breakup is D points out that it's so weird that they're 30 year old men and they have this codependent friendship uh-huh. and Dennis being a narcissist did like that cuts to his ego yeah, yeah. and it's like bothering him but the argument that spurns this is Dennis comes back from the video store with Transporter 2 instead of Predator mm-hmm. and Mac is like really mad about this because he, he just wants to keep watching Predator and he's like we've had enough discussions about male physiques and, <laughs> and, and, and body mass and Jesse the body mature. it's great it's great but um can I just watch Transporter 2 yeah well then Mac's like well we haven't seen Transporter 1 we have no frame of reference <laughs> <laughs> and then Dennis like well the video store guy really he's like you keep mentioning this video store guy <laughs> it's, a, it's a great scene and they're both they're keep both, mentioning yeah he's a new friend <laughs> There, it's great, but that leads to their their friendship uh-huh. breakup. Was is 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 predator, but um, yeah, and, and it's crazy too because later in the show, it's revealed that Mac is both gay and has um body image issues, uh-huh. which makes this joke like ten times funnier, but mm. also have like emotional resonance. Like that yeah. show is brilliant. Uh, but yeah, uh, so I mean, I think Predator is that movie, right? That's like, it's like the you know the boys the boys club movie, right? Yeah. Um. So that was that's kind of my history. Whether we can get into the history of production, yeah, right? yeah. All right. So the Thomas brothers. Uh, like I said, Jim and Jim and John, crazy Jim and John Thomas. Uh, Jim and John Thomas. Know, this feels like a very like old American name, but uh, they wrote a spec script titled Hunter. And mm. there's a few different like Hollywood legends about this. I think some of it's bullshit, but apparently they, they're um, they're like impetus for this was that they were joking about the only person Rocky hasn't fought was an alien, and some say specifically E. T. <laughs> and so they came up with this idea of like a a, a man versus an alien. Yeah. And, and also in the behind the scenes doc, they said. Another initial idea was that there was like a brotherhood of aliens coming from another planet and hunting together, mm. which kind of in Predators, there's there's that's multiple hunting, yeah, yeah, multiple hunting together, uh, but that's on the on a different planet. But anyways, um, uh, they decided it, through the process of you know creating, they decided to make it one hunter and hunt the most dangerous species on Earth, which would mm-hmm. be man, and the most dangerous man would be a combat soldier. Yeah, uh, and initially it was just this one soldier, and so it being a spec script, they didn't have it. You know, they, they were first time writers, they didn't have an agent. Um, they just slipped it under the door. Again, another Hollywood legend here. They slipped it under the door of producer uh, at Fox uh, by the name of Michael Levy or Levy or Le- Levy, um, who brought it to Joel Silver and mm-hmm. Lawrence Gordon. And at the, at this time, Lawrence Gordon was the head of the studio. There was at some point during production or pre-production, there was a regime change at Fox, but Gordon stayed on as producer. Yeah. Uh, and Silver and Gordon got Arnold involved. Uh, Silver had produced Commando in 1985, which also uh, starred Bill Duke as well, mm-hmm. which is a great action movie. I, I mean, that's probably. That's probably like behind Predator and, and Terminator 2. That's I mean, it's up there for me for Arnold movies. I haven't seen Commando either. Oh man, you'd love <laughs> talk about one liners. He's got he, oh man, he's got such such good one liners. But uh he had this cra- I mean, Arnold had this crazy run in the eighties, if you look yeah. at it. Starting with Conan the Barbarian, which kind of his I mean, he he'd starred in a couple things before that, but that was yeah. his first like, he did, like um yeah. Hercules in New York. Hercules and, in New York. Um, he did the uh the one that he got kind of acclaimed for what was it called? I feel like was it Bridges that was in that movie with him? Give me a second, I want to get this right. There's pumping iron was one, but that's that's like a documentary. Which I've never seen, but I'm sure that's fun. Yeah, it was. He he briefly pops up in Long Goodbye. Yeah, I remember that. He's stay, like one of the Stay Hungry. Ones. That's the one I was thinking of. Bridges, Bridges and, and Sally Field. Oh, that sounds interesting. And so he was the third. And so that was seventy six. Yeah. Is what it was. He's also in this weird movie called The Villain. It's like a cartoony western, and uh, Kirk Douglas is in it. it, it it's a very strange film. Mm. <laughs> and Kirk Kirk Douglas goes full Looney Tunes at one point. It's it's insane. But yeah, but this run in the eighties, starting with Conan. Is where I kind of want to focus because yeah. this is like his historic run, right? You got yeah. you got Conan the Barbarian eighty two, Terminator eighty four, Commando eighty five, Raw Deal eighty six, which I actually like. It's it's a fun mm-hmm. fun action movie, and then the Predator eighty seven and the Running Man was also eighty seven. Yeah. So I mean, right there, I mean, that's like, I mean, those are all like those were all his like, you know, 
that led to him being kind of this action star of the eight, one of the yes. action stars of the eighties. Um, but this is a quote from Arnold about about the script or about scripts in general. He said, "The first thing I look for in a script is a good idea. A majority of scripts are ripoffs of other movies. Mm-hmm. People think they can become successful overnight. They, referring to the Thomas brothers, yeah. sat down one weekend and wrote a script because they read Stallone did that with Rocky. Predator was one of those scripts I read, and it bothered me in one way." It was just me and the alien. So we redid the whole thing so that it was a team of commandos, and then I liked the idea. I thought it would make a much more effective movie and be much more believable. I liked the idea of starting out with an action adventure, but then coming in with some horror and science fiction. So I, right yeah. here from the outset, you can see he he was very much integral in, in, in developing the idea and developing this movie for him, for to be a star vehicle for him. For him, yeah. Yeah, which is, which is fascinating to me. Um, I mean, actors still do that. But, well, it's but, also smart. It's also interesting for him, for Arnold to be like, hey... I want to make this ensemble movie and right. a solo movie. And in fact, in the behind the scenes doc, he said he wanted to kind of make it something like Magnificent Seven or The Wild Bunch. So yeah. he's, he's even thinking of it as kind of a Western. Um, yeah. But yeah, and then this was funny. Apparently, the, the first meeting with the writers was in John Davis's, who again was one of the producers, steam mm-hmm. room in his house. And it's just surreal to me. To There's see nothing two- more 80s Hollywood <laughs> than having a meeting. I mean, all you need was like cocaine, right? Like, Which I don't know. I assume I don't know. It might be in the room. I wasn't there. Yeah, I wasn't there. Uh, but according to Arnold's memoir, yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, he was imp- <laughs> he was impressed. He was impressed by McTiernan's first film, Nomads, uh, and the yeah. tense atmosphere that he was able to achieve on a low budget. And so he was he was basically the impetus for hiring McTiernan to direct Predator. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nomads had starred uh, Pierce Brosnan in his first lead role, mm-hmm. uh, but it didn't do well. Ebert even gave it one and a half stars and essentially said it was just too confusing. Yeah. Um, and but in the behind the scenes doc, John Davis is the one that said he got McTiernan involved. So I think it was probably a combination. But yeah. regardless, McTiernan was brought on, and this was his first studio picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had this background in theater, but he kind of hid this fact from executives because he felt that they wanted to get a guy who loves cars and guns to do action movies. They didn't really want like this guy with a theater. What did he do in yeah. theater? That's uh, interesting. I'm not, I'm not positive because he like, he's very vague about it in the in the behind the scenes. But he worked, I'm pretty sure he worked in theater for quite a bit, quite oh, a while. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah, uh, but Bill Duke uh, described McTiernan as an actor's director, and I think I think that fact because if you get a more macho guy yeah. to direct this, there's like moments that McTiernan gets out of these guys that I don't think a, a more like. A, a, a director that didn't have that background wouldn't yes. get, be able to get out of it. And, and Bill Dirk, Duke's one I, of those guys who's really well spoken and that kind of thing. And so. I think specifically with Bill Duke, yeah. with, at, at at like when they're like the mo- memorial for Jesse the Body Ventura. Yeah. Oh yeah. When he this yeah. like what's well, this like brotherhood type right. thing yeah. that, that he's like losing or whatever. Yeah. It's it's a very kind of touching moment. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think it was, they were smart to bring McTiernan on. But yeah. again, he, he referred to this as a popcorn movie. He said, I wanted to do an old-fashioned popcorn movie, and that's what this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, McTiernan felt there was few people who could kind of be this counterweight to Arnold, referring to the um, Carl Weathers uh, character. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, he wanted a good actor as well as being very physical. So they, they thought, you know, it being the 80s, they were like, oh, Carl Weathers is perfect. He'll yeah. be able to stack against him, but he'll also be able to kind of elevate the scenes with Arnold because they're going to be playing off each other, right? Yeah. Uh, McTiernan felt that the character of Dylan, instead of being like an outright bad guy like he was in the original draft, mm. he was a good guy who had a different agenda, and it just yeah. turns out the agenda was wrong. Yeah, and 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 that really works because like that we'll probably get into it later, but their dynamic of this kind of respect for each other, yeah. uh, and and and, if, and in a way, Dylan is more upset that this went down than any of the rest of them because it was kind of it was his fault that they were brought yeah. on, right? Um, and, his, but, and it also shows that he had previous people he sent in there that right. also died. Yeah. Because of it. Who, du- who do Dutch also knew. Or yeah, like exactly. Knew yeah. Um, and so, you know, in regards to the rest of the cast, the insurance company would not let them hire Sonny Landham unless they hired a bodyguard. 
but that wasn't for him. It was to protect other people from him. Basically, it was a it was what? a yeah because he would he was notorious for like getting in fights and stuff or like just starting starting shit. That's um, wild. So basically, the, the bodyguard was there the entire time to make sure he didn't behave <laughs> as a sort of babysitter to him. Um, was he like big at this point? Like, I, I don't know, but apparently, like the insurance company just didn't oh, trust. He, yeah. Okay, so yeah, he was yeah. in Southern Comfort. Yeah. Forty hours. That's a wild thing. Yeah. He was just like a notorious We're bad gonna boy. We're going to hire a bodyguard <laughs> to protect everyone else yeah. from him. Right. Um, but Arnold had some previous commitments that delayed shooting, uh, which allowed David Peoples uh, to do a minor rewrite on the script. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did bring the actors down for a week, uh, and they had a military trainer named Gary Goldman who would have them do like marches, four-hour hikes around the jungle, uh, mm-hmm. you know, various things to kind of get them trained. Uh, Sonny actually nicknamed him Adolf, so I think that tells you how he okay, felt. Okay, so yeah. probably kind of a dick. Yeah, um, but some had some of uh, the actors had previous military experience. Jesse was a former Navy SEAL, so training didn't really bother him as much, yeah. and I don't know if he was bullshitting or like joking, but it sounds like he even helped, um, especially in regard to like the patrols. A- at one point on set, actually, he, he disagreed with McTiernan because McTiernan was framing the shot, but he was like, oh, but we're all lined up. Like, if somebody shoots us, we're all going to die. So this doesn't make sense. Like, as a, you know, as a yeah. military guy, this doesn't make sense. But McTiernan was like, you don't get it. it like, this is the shot. We got to do it. We got to do it this way. Yeah. And so they came to some sort of compromise. If, um, you, if I know anything about Jesse the Body yeah. Ventura, all that checks out. <laughs> but they came to some sort of compromise. And, but, but it was funny, the behind the scenes, Doc Ventura is like, yeah, you know, I think they're they're believable enough for movies, but I wouldn't go in real with these guys. <laughs> that sounds like body. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, he's Jesse. great in the in the behind the scenes I mean we'll talk a little bit about the camaraderie on set you know later but like in the behind the scenes like they're all such characters you could just tell they were having you know fun with each other um, but Arnold also had served in the Austrian military but apparently he went AWOL for a bodybuilding competition and obviously his his bodybuilding career God. took off from there uh, Richard Chavez was in Vietnam and Landon mm-hmm. did a stand in the army but it wasn't um, specific okay. about when or, or, or his position uh, but I think now we can get to our favorite scenes and you already mm-hmm. referenced one of mine which is the close up of the biceps Oh yeah, Tillin, you son of a bitch! You son of a bitch! <laughs> I mean, that's just that's got to be the most macho, masculine shot in the history of cinema. It, it's close, yeah. and then it's just like them like yeah. arm wrestling yeah. as they're do, as they're doing. Yeah, you got you pushing too many pencils. Pencils. <laughs> you don't know when to give up, do you? But the, and then right after that's the helicopter ride, and you kind of get a sense of the entire team introducing kind of everyone, and that feels very the music coming in. We'll talk later, but Shane Black was kind of brought on to do some rewrites, like yeah. on on set. And I, I think that that moment feels very Shane Black to yeah. me. Like some of the dialogue, the there comedic from, bits of yeah. like. Oh, well, his jokes specifically are definitely Shane Black. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> his, uh, his vulgar jokes. Yes, yeah, his vulgar jokes. Yeah. No. And and um, I mean, obviously the, the Gaysler is is uh, you know, wouldn't fly fly nowadays. But I think the the adjective of a slack jawed that feels very Shane Black to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, well, no, yeah, I, well, yeah, the open, but in that in that kind of plane ride. Again, this movie. What's so interesting. In, in terms of comparison nowadays, so I've had this conversation about certain horror films of this of this era where like you just hop into the horror film and with no explanation. Like you get a little bit just to get you through it, but you don't need a backstory. Like yeah. I was talking about some about the the Black Christmas movies and how like especially the 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 seventies one and the two thousands one from oh six where it's like one is just very like straightforward. It's a horror film, it's a slasher we're learning about the characters and no, but no backstory of who the killer is. And then the 06 versions, like the whole first 10 minutes of the movie is like gets backstory of who the killer is. I was like, I don't need this though. The whole thing right. is about the thrills of it all. And what I think with this one's so interesting is that we just, we're, we're not seeing like Arnold on a different mission, getting no. a call. Like we need you over in this, in this yeah. place. And he's like, okay, let me go. it's like, we just show them landing 
not really meeting them of like learning you just find yeah. out when he meets Carl Weathers and we're kind of already in the mission right. like there's yeah. no there's no lead up we're just kind of in it and i think that's fascinating and yeah. there's no like and when you get to the predator stuff it's no like let's describe what the predator is no, no, it's, no. it's more like we get it's a, an alien yeah. it's an intelligent alien right i mean we get a few points of like visual lore but it doesn't really like yeah. dive into it you know no. and, and that's not even really their their uh like mo they just no, want to they yeah. just want to kill it and escape. kill yeah, it yeah um that's the whole bit of the end is like yeah. What the hell? What the hell are you? Yeah, and it's you're one ugly, <laughs> uh, ugly mother. Yeah, <laughs> which is the classic line, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, yeah. So I like that kind of the the, the lack of context sometimes, right. which makes it interesting, yeah. kind of a mystery. It's like, I mean, the predator doesn't like you don't see the first like real appearance of the predator until an hour into the right. movie. And talking about that as a monster movie, you think about Jaws of how like you don't see the shark till much later yeah. or. Or you didn't see the werewolf and werewolf in London really till much later. Yeah. And they do a lot of similar things like Jaws with this point point of view. Point of view. In, this, in this case, it's heat vision. It's the heat vision. Yeah. But the, the first or, time, or even you just see, showing him kind of camouflage. Yeah. Moving across the. The jump. first time you see it is like you see his hand in the heat vision thing when he grabs the scorpion yeah. or whatever, and then you see him when he's fixing up his when he's bleeding. But it's yeah. like, it's all in close ups, and you're seeing his hand. You're like, oh, this is like a big huge right. thing. Yeah. And then you have the wide shot very quickly of him like sitting up on the branch yeah. uh, in the tree. And then, then he's kind of gone again for a bit. And I think the next time you don't see him fully is until like, like uh, when they're fighting, right? When Carl yeah. Weathers sees oh, him, yeah. when it's, th- when it, when it's stuff, is kind of glitching or whatever, yeah. his cloaking device glitches. Um, but anyway, I love that. We just kind of, we hop into it and our kind it's like, this is just an alien. This yeah. is unknown. And we have to fight it. And, and it's that concept again. It's like, cause we see this sequence of them attacking the, the, um, you know, the compound. Yeah. yeah the and, enemy, it, and it enemy shows, base. it shows like, Again, it's like I don't really buy this like covertness because they just kind of do a bunch of explosions and just bunch of bum rush. Yeah. But but regardless, it's a movie. Uh, yeah. But but I do think that sets them up as a legitimate threat. You know, with these yes. any any of these mother- or any of these dudes with the assault rifle, you, you know, you're gonna run. <laughs> but then they they meet their match with the the predator. You know. Yeah. So I think I think it's a really brilliant like setup. Yeah, yeah, and it kind of carries us through where, like, that's when you find out, like, Carl Weathers lied to them, and you have this kind of, un- they're now untrustworthy of him, or he's untrustworthy. Yeah. Um, but no, but quickly. And there's tension between yeah. them, yeah. And you're talking about the earlier lines, which one you said earlier is the, 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 just the body of interior <laughs> when he's, like. So, bitch, just dug in there like an alibi. Well, that too, but what I'm yeah. talking about when, when, they're on oh. the, when they're on the plane, he, he's, he's talking he's about offering the, the dip, yeah. The dip, he usually. Or no, he's like he's like this will make a you know, sexual tyrannosaurus just or like me, just like me, dude. He takes a big old chunk of that dip, dude. Yeah. Jesus Christ, what's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's uh, but no, yeah, and it's a good kind of hopping in there, and yeah, then we have this rail on the enemy base, which yeah. is like you see them working in full tandem, yeah, uh, or, or or kind of just in full sync and everything yeah. without missing a beat, and even when when Schwarzenegger improvs the bit of like, oh, let me lift the thing up and blow it right. up, and then yeah. we just. We go in and, and, and Guns raise, raise hell, basically. <laughs> Anyways, I started blasting. It's, it's heavy. And then they and then, and then they kind of see it ever since, like when he sees they find the green berets that came in or whatever. When Schwarzenegger's like, "Oh, I think maybe my friend is lying to me." Yeah, that's when he starts to question. So that's before they even attack. Before they even yeah, attack, yeah, when, yeah, they, when yeah. they had the, the the three kind of green berets right. who were like strung, strung up, up yeah. and, and like again like skins, exploring the yeah predator lore there. Yeah, 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 of what he of what he yeah. does of what yeah. that, they do. Um, being in the Emmy base, which is great, and then you had the fight between between Schwarzenegger and Carl, all like kind of yeah. argument of like, you put my men in danger, and I don't do these kind of missions. Yeah, yeah. I told you, and, and we and we referenced that earlier on. Right. He's like, oh, I turn it down because we're not like assassins or whatever. Right. We're we we do only do rescue yeah. missions, and this is like 
he comes in where it's like, oh no, we had to get this information because I think it's like a Soviet Union attack is going to happen. Yeah, there's like this political intrigue like going yeah, on. This is one of the things I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's like, but it's not like the focus. It's like you really have to like pay attention to kind of unpack what's happening in, in that regard if you, if you wanted to. But you could also just yeah. be like, oh, they're just attacking. Well, this it's country. interesting because yeah. we just did a lot of kind of political intrigue with Bigelow month. Right. And there's some interesting, I was like, oh, this feels like, like CIA is not telling him this. They're right. trying to get him in this yeah. way. And it feels similar, like kind of a Zero Dark Thirty esque, yeah. where like he's like, "Well, I had to get him in there. Like, yeah. I couldn't tell you everything." And it, and it feels it's it's un- it's interesting for this type of movie, like you're saying, yeah, for this period. Um, but yeah, and then just kind of it's it's now a domino effect when you realize yeah. this predator's kind of been watching them. The classic like monster movie trope, they're getting picked off one by one, one by one, yeah. and of course it's like, it's, it's it's going at one by one. It's like it's hunting us or whatever, yeah. like. Uh, and then there's that great scene of them just lighting up the jungle after, oh, after yeah. Hawkins is killed. Um, Shane Black, um, and uh, and McTiernan said his 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 intention with the scene mm-hmm. is that he wanted to kind of, which we'll get into this idea of like gun violence in mm-hmm. movies, especially in 80s movies. But he yeah. wanted to kind of rid- ridicule this idea of like guns. He wanted to make them look impotent. Yeah. Um, because in this case, there's no human beings in front of the guns. Mm-hmm. Now, because he felt he was hired to sell. Like this concept is like, oh, guns are awesome, right? Because it's an action movie. Yeah. Um, but he didn't want to advertise that to little kids. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I do wonder if, I mean, I, I respect that intention, but I do wonder if he was effective in that because the previous whole action sequence is them literally blowing through, you know, yeah, the the it's compound. Not, yeah, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not like, like done. In yeah, a and, and, and when way. he recorded that commentary and the the behind the scenes interviews, it, that was post, um, post. Uh, Columbine. Yeah. So I think I wonder if that was him kind of looking back at me like, oh, where's my place in this? But yeah. I mean, I, it's something I've been reevaluating as well. It's like, you know, I don't, I don't think obviously that there's that that link that people, some people argue, yeah. but I do think like as a culture, America's like obsession with guns is reflected in our movies, especially yeah. in, in 80s movies. Well, it's yeah. it's it's like I, Spielberg talked about this recently about ET because right. ET, you have the um, well, they're aiming at kids, right? Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> aiming FBI guns at kids are, yeah, yeah. when ET and they're about to go on the bike, right. and then and then contra- like infamously. Within the movie DVD home video world, when they re-released ET, he digitally took out the guns and added walkie-talkies. Yeah, and they're like, "How dare you!" And then he later put them back in, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't think you should touch. It. Like, it's a time capsule of its era. Like, yeah, right. I didn't like the idea of guns pointing at kids, but also like it was the period. I don't think it should be changed because sure. it's a reflection of the time. And that's a similar thing where it's like, and someone put it, it's like, yeah, but like it's early 2000s and you're doing the et restoration you're thinking about post columbine right post which is only getting worse now post 9 11 yeah. all these different kind of violent acts that happen in america and you're like maybe i shouldn't have done yeah. that and you want to like kind of yeah. knee-jerk reaction to change it um and in mctiernan i mean you know predator and diehard i mean those are two definitive action yeah. movies you know like of all time you know yeah. so it's like I, I get him like kind of Reevaluating his place in the history well, of, I remember of action cinema. Very different, Billy. I remember. I remember it was was a Jim Carrey. It was in Kick Ass Two, where he did Kick Ass Two, and then after he made it, Sandy Hook happened, and he was like, "Oh, I don't. I don't think I should have done this movie." And like, I don't do any press for it. Oh and wow! Like, and like, was kind of like almost like boycotting the movie that he was in. Yeah, because he was playing like this very like macho military. It's yeah. a parody of it for sure, but he was just because of the the idea of like, his character so obsessed yeah. with guns. He's like, "Hey, I want like this is not what I'm into." Like, and I totally get that, but like, yeah. I think you're going into Predator. You're like, I mean, that image of how, yeah, how also how you can kill the Predator, right? right? Let's be real. Well, and I mean, and, and, and to his point, though, he does kind of make it effective in the sense of like, yes, they hit the Predator, yeah, but I mean, obviously, later on, Arnold doesn't even use guns anymore because he no, realizes yeah, yeah, it's he, ineffective, exactly, yeah. But, but 
to this point, it's like, there's something about Ventura shouldering that Gatling gun that just speaks to primal masculinity, yeah. you know? Like, it's just, it's one of those images. I mean, even Bill Duke, well, yeah. Yeah, after Ventura's killed, well, that's, yeah. that's when oh, he they're, picks it up. They're yeah. lighting it up. Oh, it's his death. Where he, and and he's like, literally just like, yeah. he's cutting down trees yeah. with this, with this like mini Gatling gun, gun. Gatling yeah. gun, basically. It's, and then everyone just like, everyone not asking any questions, yeah, just all, all just start shooting Everybody started blessing. They're just like, we didn't hit anything. We didn't hit anything. Like, just like, how do we not hit anything? Um, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, get, I respect his intention there, but I do wonder yeah. if it was effective. But regardless, yeah, uh, that's I still love that scene. I think that scene's awesome. Yeah, uh, and again, I agree too. This like, but again, like that also like sets important aspect of the stakes is like, oh, they're gonna have to get smarter about how they're gonna kill yes. this thing. Okay. Yes. Anyways, uh, what's uh, another one of your favorite? I mean, yeah, I, said, I said earlier, but at the memorial, at at, at the uh, at of, of Blaine's death, yeah, uh, yeah at, at at the body's death. Um, <laughs> Was he a good wrestler, by the way? I just had a curiosity. Or, or sorry, was he, the, was he a villain or was he? Ventura. I haven't really watched Ventura stuff. Ventura, yeah. I know more as a personality. Okay. Because he was a commentator and he was yeah. this. Um, he was influential, I think, in the period. I think the big thing that people will talk about nowadays is that he was the one that was trying to introduce a union into oh, wow. wrestling. And Hulk Hogan spilled the beans to Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon put a kibosh on it, basically. So if it wasn't for Hogan, there's a whole there's a whole other kind of controversy around that. But yeah, now, nowadays, if you know, like WWE doesn't have a wrestlers union, like say it's like say a SAG or a uh, uh, any type of other like uh, entertainment union, um, there is not that. And Ventura was gonna try to do it, and then it was come quickly killed off because uh, because of Hogan telling it to McMahon. Um, but he was a great personality. He was a commentator. Um, and I think he's he was I, mean, he, I think he was a good wrestler from what I know of because mm-hmm. there's a reason why people still talk about him yeah. in the life. But I mean, was he do. like a villain or was he like a? He was hero? all he was he was a villain. Okay, he, I, I, I kind of pictured that. He was kind of like on color commentary. He was yeah. always like the one like that was kind of the dick character. Mm. And he came back at one point later, and he was because when he, he became governor of Minnesota. Oh, we'll um, talk about that. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, in the trivia, it's okay. 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 There's more to that. Sorry. Yeah. And I, and he came back and like did like a guest referee spot one year. That's so that's yeah. when I kind of found out who he was. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but he he was a great personality. Yeah. I, I mean, I say. think you get a sense of that not only in the movie but in the behind the scenes. I mean, his as nickname well. was the Body right. for God's sakes. <laughs> it's that's not really a hero character. Right. He's obsessed yeah. with himself. Is yeah. the thing. Oh, makes sense. The body Ventura. <laughs> yeah. He's uh. Yeah. He seems like a big personality. Yes. He very um, much so. He just he just was uh did the uh, uh spoke at like a thing to get cannabis legal in his like state in Minnesota in Minnesota oh, I believe wow. you, yeah um interesting uh, kind of a hippie guy here kind of uh, hippie guy yeah. yeah I see uh another one of my favorite scenes is when um Billy is kind of he's well he, there's multiple points where Billy is looking out into the jungle and it kind of sets up that he sees he sees, he sees that yeah. there's a threat out there but there's this moment I th- I think it's like right after the, the spraying or or somebody else is attacked and they're all kind of standing around. And Poncho asked him like, hey, "Billy, what do you what, what do you see out there, man?" And he's like, he, and then Billy just turns to him because I'm scared, Poncho. Yeah, uh, he's like, "There's something out there waiting for us, and it ain't no man." But like again, that's like one of those moments that I think mm-hmm. if a more macho like director would have just kind of skipped over that. But McTiernan yeah. really lets that hold. He lets that like if Billy is like their tracker, right? He, if he's scared, then they're all screwed, right? Yeah, uh, because he's he's the one that is is noticing this threat is following them, and and again, a few people have been picked off at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's it's really smart how it, how it, Spreads out the deaths, but also like lays out these stakes of like, oh, it's getting yeah. more difficult because we have less guys now. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And and going off that, I really kind of like when Arnold starts to realize also like, oh, there it's using the trees, right? It's doing this to like kind of get at us. 
Yeah. Is the thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like in these moments, you kind of see their their military prowess, right? Yes. Um. So I do love that. Um. And then yeah, uh, I do like the Carl Weathers fighting the well. The, this whole sequence of like Bill Duke kind of snaps, and uh, Mac is his character's name. Mac mm-hmm. kind of snaps, and he goes after the Predator, and then Carl Weathers, Dylan is his character name. He chases after him, and then there's that showdown between Dylan and the Predator, which is great. But even let's lead up to that when Bill, Bill Duke's like in the tree, and then you just see the three red dots on his forehead, and he's like, oh shit. And then he's killed, and then Dylan's like mono and mono match with the the predator is great. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those sequences because I don't think they had, I don't think before that they introduced the predator's blades. Like he has those yes. blades that come out of his hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's like it's it's cool. Like, that's another aspect that's really cool. It's like in regards to like these mounting stakes, is like oh we we reveal more about w- these weapons that the predator has. Like he has that shoulder cannon and he has the the blades. You mm-hmm. know, so like as they're getting picked off, we we see more of like oh what 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 is this? You know, and if you've never seen it or any of the predator movies, you're like whoa wait, what is all this technology that he's using right? Um, so it's, it's really, really cool how, how they reveal those aspects. Yeah. And they take, take, they take an interesting approach of like, cause like he's an alien, but they really make it this intelligent, right? Like technological, like villain in a way. Mm-hmm. And not just like, it's a, it's a, it's not just ET basically. Yeah. And I think he also, the predator I'm referring to, yeah. I think he also kind of realizes, oh, these guys are actually like worth the hunt. So I'm going to yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know, I'll have some fun with yeah, this. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's. Man is the most dangerous game, mm-hmm. David. Man is the most dangerous yep. game. Yeah, uh, that was what the Thomas brothers uh, felt. Yeah, specifically Commandos. Um, and then I love this moment. Uh, so that you know the rest of the team's running off, and then Billy stays behind. Yes. and he takes off. You know, he takes off all his gear. He's ready to go just mano a mano with the Predator, and we don't even see their fight. We just hear him scream. But I just love that. I've always loved yeah. that moment since I was a kid. It's like, oh yeah, now it's about to go down, and then he just yeah. gets killed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then it, from here on, it's even, like even Carl Weathers, like Carl Weathers yeah. goes in, and, and, and you're, that, that's kind of kind of the context of it. Kind of thing at the time was like that's probably a shocking death to see, like Carl Weathers, yeah, really get killed. Not he's not one of the last ones to die. No, like yeah. he's he's the, the last. I think he's the fourth, the third, so, yeah. third to last, or whatever. Yeah, because it's Hawkins, uh, it's bot body Ventura, and then Bill Duke. Yes, and then and then immediately right after Bill Duke is Carl Weathers. Right, right. right. Well, this is his quick succession yeah. kind of. And then you have Poncho, and you have Billy, then Poncho, yeah. Yeah. and then it's an Arnold mano a mano against with the Predator, with yeah. the Predator. which is which I, I love all that. I mean, that yeah. entire that entire yeah. section is just amazing. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think whole, that's that's the movie, right? Because that, yes. that was kind of the initial script. It's just yes, Arnold versus Predator. But then they well, that's always yeah. been like I have uh, that like, and again, I haven't seen most of the other Predators movies they talked about, but like. That's always been kind of the hard part is that how do you top yeah. Arnold versus Predator? Yeah. Because that's the movie, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's what, what selling, people remember. Right? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. it's this great hero versus this great villain. And the movies have never fully replicated that again. I'm not saying they fully have to, but that's what's so hard to match this first one. Absolutely. Because Arnold is, at this point, one of the biggest stars in the world taking on this almost like it's the movable object versus the unstoppable yeah. force type yeah, thing yeah. um to go with the wrestling reference there um <laughs> uh but yeah it that's kind of what it is with them and so so why it's so i think has has held up so long is because of that I'm when, agree, when the following ones don't really have that yeah kind of match for the predator is the thing mm-hmm. in terms of physicality right, is right, the thing. right yeah. so that's the whole bit again leading up to when they have it's like the predator kind of takes off everything because he realizes like Oh, you're a worthy adversary. Right. I'll fight you one on one without any of my armor because I want to see what you can actually do. Let's, yeah. again, let's make this fun. Yeah. And we just you say, I've picked off your entire team. Now it's just yeah, us. Now yeah. it's just you and me. And yeah. you're and, and you're, you're not and, and you have this huge massive build. Let's yeah. see if you can actually take me. 
Oh, man. And he does. And he outsmarts him. Yeah. I, yeah, I love the whole setup again. The, him setting up the whole like the, the traps, the yeah. traps where it's he has the trap, but then he actually has the second trap. Yeah. In case he doesn't fall for it, and you're like, what was the trap to begin with? Was it the second trap? Was the big trap and not the first? Anyway, right. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think that entire section's great. I mean, basically, Arnold has to become like he has to rip everything away that he's learned and just go with the primal instincts and yeah. essentially become a predator is the yeah. whole thing. It's like hiding. He has to use the the nature as his yeah uses ally. the mud uses the mud yeah. uses the trees for hiding and then uses traps to to get at him he uses his smarts and right. everything and it's 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 fantastic it's yeah. fantastic and then we finally in this kind of sequence get to really see Stan Winston's creature effects sure. with all this yeah um and it's amazing yeah. Winston's Winston's effects here are, are amazing with everything it's Out of it's, this it's, world, it's, it's crazy it's crazy it's to like, do. that's just one of those like creature designs that you're just like how do you come up with that well yeah and I'll, we'll, we'll get into kind of his his thought process but yeah it's it's insane it's wild yeah. yeah and coming right after and coming speaking of arnold arnold movies like coming right after terminator right basically with the yeah. design of the of the of the actual terminator right so. um so that, yeah that was all my favorite scenes did you have anyone cool. for me. so let's go well, on. I, mean, I mean i'll say this oh, one thing yeah the title credits oh yeah <laughs> at the end at the end yeah. are beautiful <laughs> the, the ending title credits are beautiful <laughs> But just if you watch them, I think just turn off the score. No offense to Alvin Silvestri, yeah. and just put on Full House, <laughs> or watch that YouTube clip because it's beautiful. It's yeah. be, it's it's like the the images of them just smiling yeah. just do not go with that music whatsoever, <laughs> and it's it's almost jarring. But if you put yeah. Full House music, it's perfect. Oh, I think I think I mentioned this to you off air, but like McTiernan's thought process there was like he was like oh, since it was just Arnold that survived, I wanted to show like a final moment of them all smiling. Yeah, and like I said, it feels yeah. like Arnold said he wouldn't do it, right? Because he's the only one that doesn't have like a kind of like a smile, yeah. smile and look towards camera. Everyone else has yeah. a look towards camera. He's like a turning, Which, like, yeah, trying like, to find like a predator. you suggested. It makes it seem like it's like a reaction shot or something to the yeah. predator. Or, you yeah, know, that they just kind of threw in there. And everybody else is like, yeah, and they freeze frame his too. So, yeah. Yes, which um, was also it was also perfect for the time. Right, eighties was, the, was yeah. the decade of freeze frames. No doubt. Uh, but we can move on to Antelope. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So filming uh, began in Mexico during the last week of March in 1986. Uh, Silver was apparently a very hands-on producer. Yep. Um, he he was the one that asked Shane Black to do a draft of Predator, but because of uh, Shane Black's worth work on Lethal Weapon, um, yep. but Shane Black wasn't really interested. So they kind of had to to uh, they kind of had to win him over by allowing him to come down and be in the movie. And then while he was there, they were just going to make Fast. him rewrite. Okay, because I, mean, I was like, was he an actor before? Oh no, no, this, no, they really? were going to make him rewrite. But I, McTiernan okay. did want a writer on set, and they all kind of liked his sarcastic attitude. They thought it would be good. for for the team. Yeah. And again, like I think I mentioned this before uh, while we were recording, but uh, Shane's actual jokes, those very vulgar jokes that he tells Billy to try to get him to laugh, they were actually yeah. Shane Black's jokes. So <laughs> I don't know if he, he wrote those down or if he was just like, hey, tell him a joke, you yeah. know, tell with, him a joke. with their filming. But the first week was apparently really rough. Um, the whole shoot was was yeah. was troublesome, but the first week especially, they wanted 100 Mexican crew members, but the local union provided them with 300 most of which just were standing around with nothing to do. Yeah. McTiernan had to send many of them home. And of course, they're dealing with these elements of the jungle. And I just want to preface this by like, I really admire any director that just goes into the jungle and shoots a movie because there's multiple behind the scenes docs, you know, Burden of Dreams about Herzog yeah. and Hearts of Darkness about Coppola, watching people lose their minds while they're filming in the jungle, like dealing with these elements. Yeah. And, you know, you said uh, in Mexico, right? They yeah, yeah in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There was two different uh, spots in Mexico where okay. they were filming. But McTiernan felt the geography of, of the jungle was very important to, act, to movies in general, but to action movies um and of course they're dealing with the heat uh shane black was quoted saying problem was the heat man heat was killer uh but it also got cold at night 
and so they would have to use heat lamps mm-hmm. at times. And that you know that finale sequence we were talking about where Arnold had all the mud on, um, the mud actually made him so cold that he was shivering. And so wow. he would drink Jaeger tea to warm himself up, but that just got him drunk. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, there was like various, you know, uh, animals in the jungle. There's uh-huh. poisonous snakes, spiders, scorpions, which there's actually one in the movie, a scorpion in the movie. Yeah. Uh, the terrain wasn't level. Uh, so they're carrying all this heavy equipment up and down hills. Uh, uh-huh. They're pretty Good much always. shin splints right yeah. there, baby. I mean, they're pretty much always standing at an incline. Right? Yep. And McTiernan actually fell at one point while scouting a camera location and broke his wrist. But he shot through it, and he had no idea he broke it until he, he got back to the States. I've been there. <laughs> you, you broke a, your wrist on the No, oh. I, I sprained an ankle and didn't realize oh. it. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like the adrenaline. Very different. Very sure. different, I will say. I'm not saying my sprained ankle, but yeah. I, I remember... This is so tangent. Anyway, I was in basketball, and I had like another injury on my foot, and I thought I just like, oh, it's just a little sore because I, yeah. I, I, I... We're playing on it. We're playing on it. And my because da- I, I, I took my foot, and it was before the next game because it was in tournament mode. Um, and I'm putting icy hot before the game on, and my dad's like, "Your ankle is incredibly blue," and I was like, "Oh, I guess I sprained it yesterday. Didn't realize it." <laughs> it was, I mean, it's that aspect of adrenaline. I yeah, think. like you just don't even. Again, it's very small. It's like yeah. when you, we're doing something like say when I play basketball, where I would get cut, and I would yeah. realize so later I'm bleeding or right. whatever. Yeah. Um, very different than breaking your sure. wrist. I'm not. I'm not saying. But I mean, he, he shot through it apparently. Yeah, McTiernan's such a character, dude. And speaking of like, okay, yes, I listened to is. his commentary track, and when I was on Twitter, there was a bit for a while, which was just like out of context bits from his commentary tracks. Uh-huh. He's hilarious, and of course, you know, he got in trouble. We won't really get into that, but he got in trouble later for like pulling a Nixon. But um, when he was oh, like, yeah. recording his, yeah. But he, he. I mean, again, he's one of the definitive action movies, um, you know, directors of this time period. Mm-hmm. But he lost 25 pounds. Uh, while wow. shooting from not eating. He just didn't want to eat. Uh, line producer lost 40 pounds, and Arnold also lost weight. Arnold at one point had gotten sick from eating uh, from a street vendor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then every one of the rest of the cast got sick at one point from their hotel's water system, you know, the classic Montezuma's Revenge. Yep. Uh, they would have to, like, clear out leaves uh, so you could get some distance in depth because the jungle was just so, like, so full. They would have to, like, clear out paths. And what, but then they also would build these giant trees out of styrofoam to kind of scale mm-hmm. um you know the the, the frame uh, because these large trees weren't really like normally found in this area, and but it sounds like the guys kind of got along. There was a friendly like competition in this camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Arnold had shipped in gym equipment, of course. Yeah. Uh, and one day Arnold came into the gym and he saw saw Jesse Ventura covered in sweat, and so they both started coming in earlier and earlier to try to one up each other. But it turns out Ventura that day had just poured a bunch of water over himself to mess with Arnold, and then of course Arnold got him back. Though Arnold got him back, he told the wow. wardrobe people. To tell him to tell Ventura that his arm was his arms uh, t- uh, taped out one inch bigger. His biceps were one inch bigger than Arnold's, and so Ventura, of course, was bragging about this in the gym. And Arnold said, "Well, let's measure in real like it, by beside yeah. each other for a bottle of champagne." Turns out Arnold's were actually three inches bigger than Ventura's. <laughs> but Ventura does it in the behind the scenes doc. He's just bragging about it he's, <laughs> about how his arm was one inch bigger than. I, and then he cuts oh, to Arnold. Yeah. He's like, "Then my joke worked." <laughs> but apparently they, they yeah Arnold got a bottle of champagne out of it and then Carl Weathers also part of this camaraderie right yeah. I mean, he's he's jacked in this movie um, oh he is he is he he wanted it to look natural so he would joke that he would go down into the gym and watch them work out and be like oh you guys are getting a pump in and then he would wait for them to leave and then he would go in and get a get mm-hmm. his workout in to make it seem like oh he just showed up on set and he's he's jacked he's you know? jacked yeah. yeah it's all natural um but Arnold apparently was actually also like 
learning a lot from Weathers' acting. Uh, yeah. He would like quietly watch him when he was off yeah. when he was off camera and, and like learn from his technique, according to McTiernan at least. Um, but Arnold apparently was also very professional and prepared. Mm-hmm. He kind of talked with everyone with respect, um, from like to the, to the lowest crew member. A uh, very natural leader. He dealt yeah. with the elements, which you know, like as a you know, he just dealt with the elements. Uh, t- took it on like it was nothing, which mm-hmm. kind of spread that attitude throughout the rest of the the cast and crew. I, I heard a story recently. I'm laughing because Bill, Bill, it was like on like TikTok or whatever. Bill Hader was on Conan at one point. Yeah. And he was saying that he, like the different hosts that we had, he had at SNL. He goes, yeah, we had Arnold on one time and uh, it was just talking about like how he's during, just, during Hader's run at SNL? During oh, Hader's wow. run. And he was like, he goes, he goes, I remember he's like, Arnold was in the chair and he was asking for the makeup people. And he goes, hey, do you know where the makeup people are? And he's like, oh, I'm not sure. Go find them. Show me your <laughs> leadership skills. <laughs> And then he's like, I mean, they're right there. <laughs> show me your leadership skills. He's like, munching on a cigar. Go show me your leadership oh, yeah. skills. We'll talk about his stokes for sure. Yeah. But uh, no, but, uh, talking about like, getting, like bringing your journey. I know The Rock does that now. I think Tom Cruise does as well. It's not as publicized as The Rock because The Rock has his Iron Paradise yeah. that he posts all the time on Instagram. When Cruise, I think, also has his own gym flow. Oh, that he, that he brings in? Yeah. Interesting. Because both of them say, like, yeah, we work out hard. Yeah. And like, Anytime, it's like, oh, I'll work out with you. They're like, no. Well, apparently, also Arnold brought down um one of the producers at one point and had him do a workout with him, and he, and he said he was just done. And Arnold was oh, just yeah. messing with him the whole time, like, oh, come on, you can do one more. Come on, let's do the five hundred pounds. Let's <laughs> go. <cool." laughs> but that you know that attitude kind of spread the camaraderie in that one. Yeah. But it, but it, according to McTiernan, also Arnold was sponsor very like uh, he would. He was very respectful of other people, but he would also try to make other people around him look good on camera as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't one of those actors that was like, oh, no, I'm going to take that line. I'm going to take that yeah, line yeah. kind of thing. Like a lot of stars would. Uh, they want the best lines. Again, and, yeah, it, yeah. He, he brings in, uh, he pitches to the inset, making an ensemble film instead of a solo right, film. Like exactly. He, he could have easily, easily made it just about him in this movie sure. and chose not to. Yeah. And weirdly, because he chose not to, it ended up working out for his benefit, making it all about him in the end. Like, right. It's more yeah. impactful. Because that's the third. He's you know, alone third, right. is the thing. Yeah. And, but like, going off your cigar uh, reference, yeah. you always had a stogie. Always. Oh, yeah. And there's one great bit in the behind the scenes doc. He just turns around. Like, they're like, he's talking to McTiernan or somebody about something. And he just turns around, where's my stogie? Where's my stogie? <laughs> but Carl Weathers said that he would just like, because Carl Weathers was a former football player. And yep. so he had a very, mm-hmm. he very much was, um, uh, clean living. He, he yep. very much uh, subscribed to that, and so he. But he would just smell these cigars when Arnold's smoking them, and then eventually Arnold offered him one. Yeah. And Carl said he was just hooked after that, and Arnold even gave, gifted him a box at one point during production. So Carl was like, "Yep, I, I blame him for my." I my got nicotine. some Cubans for you. <laughs> um, at one point they took a break of production. This is where it gets kind of dicey in the behind the scenes uh-huh. talk in regards to like the timeline. But at one point they took a little break to get more money. Uh, McTiernan saw this as a luxury, though, and an uh-huh. advantage because he was able to to make the end of the movie bigger. I, yeah. I think part of this is because of the redesign, which we'll talk about, of the alien. Yep. Um, but they were able to use that footage that they already had and kind of cut it together with the storyboards to give studio more faith in McTiernan as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, if, and so now we'll kind of get into this because I, I didn't really know how to lay this out because it's kind of a long thing. But the, yeah. this redesign. The redesign. So originally... The, uh, of the Predator. The, originally, the Belgian legend Jean-Claude Van Damme was originally mm-hmm. going to play the Predator. Um, and their, their their intent with that was that he would be able to use his martial martial arts prowess to make the Predator kind of look agile yeah. and, and ninja-like. Um, but the thing is, Jean-Claude Van Damme, I didn't know this, he's only 5'10". Uh, and so yeah, they, they, needed, they needed somebody with a larger stature uh, because so of you know, who he's, uh, yeah, yeah. he's up against. Um, and... It seems uh, so. The the company that did the original Predator design was Boss Studio, mm-hmm. and when McTiernan said when the, when they brought the box in, because their their design was also late. Well, they had seen like models of it, but the actual practical 
was late. Yeah, it was late. Yeah. And so they, and they uncover this box, and McTiernan's like, I just put my head down, and I knew we were in trouble. And according to Arnold, this is his, you can kind of see some of the footage of it in the uh-huh. behind the scenes, but Arnold's quote is, it looked like someone in a lizard suit with the head of a duck. <laughs> but McTiernan, oh God. McTiernan was like, okay, I got to like, they were pretty much all in agreement that this was terrible. And yeah. he turned and was like, he, so he shot a couple shots and he sent it back to the studio. It's like, you really don't want us to continue with this, do you? And so they agreed to redesign the alien and put in the big bucks because they, they were trying to go cheap with it, essentially. Yep. But why would you do that with the crux of your movie, right? And yeah. it's, Ar- it's an Arnold movie is yeah. the thing. And uh, But uh, uh, one of the classic uh, makeup and effects artists that we discussed last week, Mick, Rick Baker put in a bid to redesign the Predator. Oh. Uh, but Arnold recommended Stan Winston because Terminator. he had worked with him on Terminator yep. and they had remained friends. Uh, so they hired his company for $1.5 million and <laughs> and uh, Stan Winston's like initial designs were influenced by a photo of a Rastafarian warrior, which I think explains the dreadlocks. Yep. Uh, James Cameron was actually next to him on a flight while he was sketching uh, designs, like concepts, and Cameron said he always wanted to see an alien with mandibles. So it was actually Cameron's idea. It's uh, Cameron. One of those it's always Cameron. Hollywood legends is, is his idea to add the mandibles. Um, and so Cameron they, just finds his way in these stories right? a lot. It's like if it's like Del Toro stuff. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's wild. But he's one of those guys that like really. Yeah, maybe this is why I love James Cameron. But he really like appreciates that design element of like you know mm-hmm. creating these worlds and creating you know things we've never seen before, aliens, creatures, things like that. Yeah. Um, but Kevin Peter Hall was brought on to play the new predator, the new mm-hmm. design of the predator. The man was seven foot three inches tall. And he had just come off Harry and the Hendersons. Yep. Um, and the, their quote was, he would make Arnold look like a peanut. Um, but he had to, according to Shane Black. I loved Harry and the Hendersons, by the way, growing up. Uh, I've never seen it. Oh, man. It's John Lithgow. Lithgow, right? Yeah. Yeah, Lithgow's in it. It's, he's like the father, right? He's and the then, father. Yeah. And they, find, they, they find a Bigfoot. And well, we were pet. talking about Bigfoot movies. Uh, was that last night we were talking about Bigfoot? Uh, we, we didn't mention that. Yeah. Were we? Yeah. yeah. Well, we were talking about the three animated films that were like. Yes, the, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, 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 those Sasquatch, but yeah, I was like, right. yeah, I was like, well, yeah, no, but yeah, I, Harry and Harrison is fine, I think there's a TV show about it too. Yeah, I think they point. did. But, uh, I, but yeah, I was a big, big fan, big fan. Uh, but Kevin Peter Hall was so tall that they had to put two queen-size beds, like, you know, but like tail to, to head essentially, so that he could lay across both of them. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's how tall he was. Um, And the suit weighed more than 200 pounds. Apparently it had, it had a cooling system built in that was inspired by like race driver suits, mm-hmm. but it got still got hot and sweaty in there. Obviously, he could only really spend about two hours in it, and it would take five hours for him to get in, and maybe four another four or five to get out. Um, so long days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he actually cameos at the end of the movie in the in the helicopter scene. Yeah, I was just reading that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but Kevin Peter Hall, he 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 very much wanted to bring this creature to life. So he really thought yeah. about the kind of movement that the alien would have. He 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 said that like Winston designed the outside, but the inner world was all up to him. Yeah. Uh, he said, "I'm like the spark, you know, the life inside." And apparently, by most people, we kind of like what we talked about with uh, Kar- Karloff. He was a very gentle giant, never mm-hmm. really complained, always had a smile on his face. Uh, but he couldn't see out of the predator suit. And yeah. So at one point during their final fight, he accidentally clawed Arnold. Oh no. Um. There, speaking of his just kind of body language, there's yeah. one. There's the one scene where he's when he gets out of the water and is looking for Arnold. Yeah. And he shoots the like the whatever the the rat like whatever's there. But it's like the moment where like you see him kind of his back where he's like looking looking and then just realizes that he's kind of gone, just kind of like a like it's like Aside. you almost like see you almost like see him like shoulders drop and like damn it. Yeah. It's it's a nice little moment for for the predator. Yeah, there's a yeah. I mean, it's like, and that's an underrated element. I don't know if we've. I mean, I guess we sort of discussed it with Carlos' performance, but it's like 
I mean, this isn't just stunt guys. I mean, there are stunt guys who are doing yes. stunts, but like it's it's very important to bring this physicality to life, right? It's because not just the makeup doing the right. work. It's like you yeah. have you have to just how you walk, how you right. how your presence is also yeah. key. It's vital in this. to monster movies. I agree to making them a threat, right? I agree. So, but apparently on April twenty fifth, filming was halted so that Arnold could go to his wedding. He married uh, the following day to Maria Shriver, mm-hmm. uh, who I think he's still married to, right? Or, uh, no. Oh, they I'm, 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 I'm trying. I'm separated? pretty sure they're divorced. Oh, okay. they're, I'm pretty sure they're divorced because the whole, you know, we, did you know? Yeah, they're divorced. They divorced. They divorced 2021. Oh wow! It was it was like a long like, I think it was a long off, separation. Is yeah, what it yeah. was. Um. Yeah, they separated in tw- yeah 2011, and then they didn't divorce get divorced until, until ten years later. 2021. Wow. Yeah. Um, you don't know the, you know the whole story uh, about that? Okay, uh, briefly. I don't really follow the the marriage. This, this is a big deal. <laughs> like I, this is what a big deal when it happened. Basically, it was like he just he was he wasn't he wasn't a governor anymore. He was right. about to get in the movies, and as he's about to get in the movies, news broke that he had fathered a child with his maid, oh, with, wow. with his housemaid, and like had like and and ninety seven. So this kid is like was now like a teenager and everything. He kept and, that from her, and he kept that from oh, wow. her. I believe is what it was. And they, like, he had had an affair, right? And that was like the beginning of the end of their, um, their relationship, yeah. marriage. But again, they were separate for ten years, and I feel like they were still around one another. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. um, but I'm not positive. But yeah, it's like it, they a lot of stuff halted and changed. After that, because I think he was like going to do a Terminator thing. He was going to do a Predator. He was going to do the Running Man, all these different movies, and that kind of like put the everything kind of yeah. changed after that. Um, but the only so I guess part of the issue I think in the beginning was that he was more focused on Predator than his wedding. They only honeymooned for uh, three days while some second unit stuff was shot, and production would resume on May twelfth and ended in, in late June. I mean, he was going to, it's Schwarzenegger. He can go have a honeymoon elsewhere right afterwards. Yeah, That's the thing. Exactly. Um, but he was, according to, I don't know if she said this, but somebody said this. He was, like, they did, like, a rehearsal dinner or something. He was he was still, like, his mind was still on Predator, and she was getting very frustrated. I'm going to beat that thing. <laughs> um, but there was, you know, a ton of, like, speaking of the second unit stuff that was shot while he was on his honeymoon, there's yeah. a ton of second unit stuff. All these crazy stunts, um, and actually the stunt of that guy jumping into the river, um, you know, like, over the waterfall thing. Mm-hmm. Uh he hurt his knee there, but according to the behind the scenes, he's the only person to be injured on this movie. Um, That's crazy. Including all the, you know, the assault on the compound and all that. Uh, and now we can kind of get into the special effects, which was yeah. my favorite thing about researching this. Uh, they, you know, obviously they had to squib the jungle for all that firefight yeah. stuff, which is insane because, you know, they, they would shoot a shot and be like, okay, we got to redo all this for hours to mm-hmm. just set up all these squibs. Um, the gun that we referenced that Ventura shoulders, it was called, was nicknamed old painless. And Ventura said, I'm the first person in film history to shoot this weapon handheld. Uh, according to him, he didn't think it was that bad. Maybe be, it, it, bragging a little bit here, maybe because I'm six foot five, 260 mm-hmm. pounds. Um, but apparently could only really shoot six seconds worth of of like rounds, um, even at one third to quarter speed. Mm-hmm. And there was kind of this concern that he wouldn't be able to hold it steady. But McTiernan said because of the gyroscopic force, you know, the spinning, yeah. it, it was literally impossible to move it. Uh, but they did do a test at one point, like with it mounted with bungee cords and mounted and they could, so essentially they could yank it back down if, if like Ventura lost control, yeah. but yeah, it just stayed on target. In fact, it was like more accurate than they all expected. Um, and they originally wanted the blood uh, mm-hmm. of the predator's blood to be orange, but that was tough to do. And so instead one of the makeup guy, or the, uh, productions or the uh, special effects people, their idea was, oh, let's just use that green glow, uh, glow stick goo from the, you know, like glow sticks, yeah. and they just mixed it with KY jelly, and that's what they uh, 
decided to use. And it, okay. it, it works because it, it, like, you know, shines. Yeah. Um, there were three predator heads. One had the facial articulation, which was kind of used at the end, you know, yeah. during their mono on mono stare downs yeah, yeah. and whatnot. A static stunt head. And then there was also a head that was completely open in the front for when the predator's wearing his mask. Um, mm. And then in regards to the optical effects. So the invisibility was achieved by shooting twice. Uh, one shot had a guy in a red suit who was taken out with chroma keying, mm-hmm. and then they would shoot the scene again, uh, essentially a plate with a wider lens, and yeah. then re- replace that space so it kind of gave it that um, mm. filtered look, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a bungee wire rig that uh, the predator would kind of just show the predator go in between mm-hmm. the trees. So there was some stuff shot in LA with green screens, and then they had plates that they had shot in the jungle. Gotcha. Um, mm. At one point, McTiernan wanted. Because he, he wanted to show this, like we talked about, like him swinging between the trees. So they got a monkey in a red suit. But <laughs> McTiernan and McTiernan talking about this monkey was so funny. He was like, he was like, then he got embarrassed because it was in the red suit. It did, just didn't want to do monkey things. He just climbed <laughs> up in the tree and, and hid. Didn't want to do monkey stuff. Um, the heat vision, this was fascinating to me. So they actually tried to shoot it like with a with heat, vision, heat vision. Thing. But the issue was the ambient temperature of the jungle was 90 degrees. So they just kind of like. So everything was hot. Yeah. They just, was hot. I mean, everything was just red, right? Yeah. And so they had to, at one point they tried to ice water the jungle and have the actors stand oh, by fire. And then they shot like a three second shot. They, they were done. Um, obviously they knew this couldn't work. Um, and so McTiernan actually had to have a secret meeting behind the producers and executive backs with a video special effects house in New York. And they figured out the way they would do it. And they got real technical here. So I kind of yeah. uh, lost me, but it, they would shoot it twice or sorry, two cameras at the same time. One was color film. And then they would, when they would print it, they would like just highlight the blues essentially. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, um, heat vision, they would take the, the body temperature, you know, the body temperature of the actors and yeah. then put that in with the blue background when they printed it. Um, so it was, it was an optical effect. And they actually had to bring a, an optic guy in from New York um, and he would measure everything. And he, you could tell he was getting frustrated because he'd be like, okay, we can do this one. I think we can do this one. I think this will work. But he had a protractor and he would like measure every single shot that they tried to do. <laughs> I just want to shoot the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, I, I really respect McTiernan for just like, no, no, we got to figure this heat vision thing out. So I'm going to go on this meeting and just not tell anybody. <laughs> and, it, it, well, also it's kind of wild because like, you have to think, put in context too, is that this is his first studio right. movie and he's yeah. still like. I'm gonna go off and do my own thing real quick. Yeah, I mean, I guess bounce. it kind of explains his whole Nixon thing later. He's, uh, you know, not he, the he, most trustworthy. He, he loved his wiretapping. <laughs> um, all right, but now we can get into the aftermath. Okay. So McTiernan actually was the one who wanted Sylvester because of the music for Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Duke saw the premiere in Westwood, and he said people were cheering and just losing their yeah. shit. Uh, he said it was just like awesome to be part of that audience. Shane Black said his mother walked out, not because of his vulgar jokes, but because she knew his character was about to die and she didn't want to watch Aww. it. Um, I get that. The film released on June 12, 1987. It was number mm-hmm. one that weekend. It grossed $12 million on a 15 to $18 million budget. The the BTS doc says $18 million, so that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah. Um, this The only movie whose opening weekend, can you guess, that beat it? Of that week? Oh, no, sorry, no, no. So the only, so it was the number one opening weekend for like the year. What, or sorry, the number two. What do you think was the number one opening weekend? 87. Yeah. We've talked about it semi recently. Semi recently? Well, like as recently as last night, I think. Oh, okay. On the show? Um, No, no, no. no. What genre? Can you tell me what genre? Yeah, uh, action comedy. Maybe help me out. Um, Bill Hill's Cop 2. Yep. Uh, oh, wow. That was- <laughs> yeah. So that was the only movie that had a bigger opening weekend that year than Predator. That checks out. Yeah. Uh, but it ended up, it would go on to gross uh, $98 million worldwide. Probably, probably more than Predator. No, Brown Hills Cop 2 made a lot of money. Yeah. 
Uh, and of course, many of the critics of the day found it rather dull and derivative. Of course. But Ebert defended it. He wrote, Predator moves at a breakneck pace. It has strong and simple characterizations. It has good location photography and terrific special effects. And it supplies what it claims to supply, an effective action movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I've, we've, we've, he's, he's been wrong on a few things of late. I know some of talking about but he he's pretty good at... If, if usually if like a movie, everyone hates the movie at the beginning, yeah. but it becomes a big movie later, he's always like feel like the one like Prophetic. oh no I I, I yeah. said it was gonna be this way. And he he had a he kind of had not a bias, but he, he loved genre movies, you know. He did, yeah, he did. Yeah. Well, we were talking about Little Shop where it's like I think he said like because it was I think that was kind of mixed, and he was just like he goes yeah I really liked it, but this is awesome. It's gonna it's gonna develop a following more over time, mm. and he was right on that. Yeah. It's prophetic, prophetic critic. That's why mm-hmm. we reference him so much. Mm-hmm. Um, the film was nominated for Best Visual Effects at the Academy Awards, but lost to Inner Space. And there was some debate on which yeah. category to nominate this for because the Predator, obviously, you know, it had an animatronic, animatronic head. Uh, and Harry and the Hend- Hendersons ended up winning the Best Makeup category, which was Rick Baker, yep. uh, who we talked about last week. Yep. And even though the, what was fascinating, though, was the Sasquatch in, in that movie was similarly designed and brought to life as the Predator. Yep. So they were kind of like... And and they were both played by Kevin Peter Hall, yep. but they were kind of like, well, we should have been nominated for that category because we had the animatronic head too. So it's yeah. like it was kind of one. They didn't really know what to do there, but at least it was nominated, right? For yeah. Trump for something. Uh, and of course, people have grown grown fond of this movie over time. As I said, as I mentioned earlier, it's kind of dad movie canon. Yeah. Um, but they built a whole universe out of this, uh, as we've kind of sporadically talked about. The Predator Two followed uh, a direct sequel, Predator Two followed in 1990, which I actually like quite a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't there, seen it yet. There might be a, a, a wreck on the newsletter coming soon. Uh, there's Predators in 2010, which has a uh, interesting cast as well. Yep. And I actually heard a rumor at one point that Fishburne's character in the movie was originally supposed to be Dutch. And so Schwarzenegger has mentioned that he's been offered multiple times mm-hmm. to, to come back as Dutch, but he's turned it down. So I wonder if that was one of them. Yeah. Possibly. And then, and then yeah. Because, uh, like, yeah, I know you haven't seen it, but they find this guy on that planet who's kind of been there for a while. Yeah. He was one of, like, he was part of a different team that survived. So that people f- were like, oh, oh that makes them, that, would, that would make sense to be Dutch there. Um, and then there was Shane Black's The Predator in 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is fascinating to me, though, that, like, from 1990 to 2010, I mean, it's 20 years, uh, other than the AVP films, which I'll yeah. mention in a second, but yeah. And then there was Prey in 2022 last year, which was a prequel with the first Predator who touched down in the 1700s. It has some great sequences. Um, yeah. I wish it had, had gotten a theatrical That's release. That's really yeah. kind of said, yeah. Yeah, because there was a great sequence where the Predator like takes out all these people. And it's and the and the design of the Predator in that one's interesting, too, because it's kind of a, a like uh, earlier you know iteration, obviously. Uh, okay, and then there was two AVP films, uh, which was the, the concept of Alien vs. Predator was first set up in Predator 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a whole comic series in the 90s that kind of... Was, was born out of that. Of course, there's been toys, video games, comics, yep. etc. I mean, again, this is one of those monster designs that's kind of like hit public consciousness in a way, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of, you know, that kind of talks about its legacy. What what worked for you, Brenna? I mean, the creature effects worked as, as for, for, pre- for, for, uh, for the Predator. Um, I think, again, Cass is great. Schwarzenegger is great. McTiernan's direction, I think the great, he directs it incredibly well. Not just from the scale of it, like the big explosion of the trees and stuff with the Predator and Schwarzenegger at the end is yeah. fantastic. But the way he shoots like Carl Weathers' death is interesting with the way he like the shot composition mm-hmm. of when like Carl Weathers realizes that like he's trapped type thing where it's 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 close up. It's it's uh, it's a Dutch angle. It's all this stuff. Um, he has a great job of just building the tension there. And again, he does a great job of just kind of like revealing the information as it comes in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think action wise, he understood the assignment. Yeah, yeah. Action wise, McTiernan's up there. I think in terms of like 
top three action directors of this period. Oh, no doubt. And it's like, it's him, Tony Scott, and Jim Cameron. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like people who just like do mostly action films, like Raiders Lost Ark has fantastic action, but Spielberg did more than just action films. But this period in time in, in the 80s and into the 90s, the Cameron and Scott and McTiernan all were like very heavy in the action yeah. genre. And they all have very interesting kind of viewpoints. I think Cameron is all about the character of it all feels more. I'm not saying they all have characters. I feel like Cameron always based stuff on character and kind of the other stuff around the action. Tony Scott's really about making it cool. And McTiernan just kind of directs everything straight, if yeah. that makes sense. Where it's like, he's not trying to be flashy. Yeah. But because he's so methodical and direct it's an incredibly well-directed action film right and bigelow i think comes in later in the 90s and kind of tackles that and becomes one of the best action directors of her era there but i think in the 80s it's this kind of these three directors who are are jockeying back and forth and they're kind of pushing the genre to to new heights right yes i agree i agree Um, and all three of them in a way like are there are in a post Spielberg world, kind of the early adopt or kind of early kind of practitioners of what the blockbuster should be mm-hmm. is the thing. Um, so yeah, what about you? Um, I mean, I think what like what Ebert said kind of sums it up. I mean, it, it delivers what it promises. Uh-huh. Very effective action movie, but I think it's also a very effective creature feature as well, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and it's just one of those movies that's just so fun. It's like it's this is male. The, it captures male bonding like within the movie, but it's also yeah. like a movie that you can you and your buds can have a male bonding experience with and it just captures these elements of like primal masculinity that again yeah. i i don't know if every i think like 80s action movies in general are tend to be hyper masculine mm-hmm. or, or che- and that can lead to cheese but i think this one has a very like it just has a like a heart to it that i don't know if the other ones do yeah um fair yeah but yeah i mean i think yeah i think it just it does exactly what it set out to do mm-hmm. and and it delivers um did anything not work for you I want to toss back to you on that one. What do you think? I think, obviously, it being an '80s movie, some of the humor has an age. Well, yes, but I think that just comes with the territory. I mean, yeah, I think sadly, yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> the funny seeing it on TV, you know, uh, I think <laughs> I don't think Shane Black's vulgar jokes were it or, or just probably, cut out certain words. Cut, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I that probably went, went, went completely over my head as a kid. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Besides that, I don't really. Like maybe you try to use Anna. Or Anna more yeah, is the thing because he kind of sends her away. And, he sends her yeah. away. She's kind of in the background for like she's she's there to to be there a lot, but she's not really doing much mm-hmm. is the thing. So maybe have her be more of an active character. Sure, yeah, because she's just kind of there to give them information. Essentially, it feels like Prey yeah. is kind of a like a from what I know of Prey is like yeah. feels like a, a redoing to add. I guess certain elements. Yeah, and Mint Thunder's great in that. That's yeah, the, yeah, she's I, amazing. I, but I feel like they're trying to add certain things that, like, I feel like you could have done. You're, it, I, from right about Prey, like, there's certain things that feel like that were in Predator and stuff. They're like they're taking and trying to like revamp in some way. Right, and I feel right. like the character of Anna feels like a character that could have been, and she wants to be more right. active. But they're like, no, 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 that's just not for you type thing. Yeah. And again, it's of the time. I'm not saying it hurts me as a whole, but it, it would be interesting to see yeah. that character just be more active in the story. They do a similar thing in Predator too. There's a, there's a female cop on Danny mm-hmm. Glover's team, and they kind of send her away because Pre- Predator basically the Predator spares her because she's pregnant. Yeah. Um. So it's like they kind of do the same thing, and then it becomes Glover versus the Predator. Yeah. You know, for the third act. So it's uh fascinating that I think yeah, like you're right. This era just didn't really give them a, a, as much agency as they could have okay. those characters except yeah. where she can that's yeah. the, and that's what is the frustrating part is that 
she set where she could be actively involved mm-hmm. in something. And also, she knows the jungle because she was yeah. on the compound, you know. And she yeah. yeah, and she's she's also the first one to really see it and explains it. But right. she's just kind of there to be like exposition, exposition kind of type thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, or or, or also like uh, like another element of the stakes, right? Because they got to protect her to yes. get her out of here because yes. she has the information. But she's the yeah. one like innocent that yeah. we have to rescue, basically. Yeah. Um, film facts. Okay. Uh, Arnold's favorite line of his entire career is "Get to the chopper." Get to the chopper. Uh, Shane Black allegedly worked on the script to The Last Boy Scout during his free time. I guess while also not working on the Predator redraft. Or or Predator redraft. Um, In the extended comic book series, the creatures are referred to as, I'm going to butcher this, Yatja, Y-A-U-T-J-A, which is now their semi-official name, apparently, instead of Predators, but we all call them Predators. Uh, Two of the actors portraying commandos have been elected to state governorships. You already mentioned Jesse Ventura. Jesse the body. And he was an independent. I didn't know. He was elected and Arnold. Uh, governor of Minnesota in 1998, and then yeah. Arnold Republican was elected governor of California in a hotly contested recall election in yep. 2003. Mm-hmm. In addition, I love this, Sonny Landham, Republican, I'm surprised, ran a, yeah. that was sarcasm, ran an unsaccessful campaign for governor of Kentucky in 2003. <laughs> yeah, I saw, he, I saw he passed away in Lexington. Yeah, yeah, yeah my hometown. But Landham and, and Ventura also sought to enter the Senate in 2008 in their states as a libertarian and independent respectively but yeah, both ended up dropping out of the race yeah. um, another interesting fact Mythbusters prove that covering yourself in mud doesn't conceal your body heat because the mud actually becomes warm on your skin yeah it didn't make sense to me yeah. I guess that's true Yeah, I was like I don't know if that would cover all of your heat right. yeah. I feel like it's just it'll just, it, like maybe for a moment right but like yeah. heat like just it doesn't cool that, off your right. entire body right right Exactly, and also yeah. because Arnold has a lot of surface a- a- uh, area and yeah, a does. lot of body mass, as uh, Mac and Dennis would say from It's Always Sunny. All right, let's get to the awards. The Beatrice mm-hmm. Straight Award, actor, actress with limited scenes that kills it. Now, my question, I have two questions. Yeah. Is Kevin Peter Hall in, the, who played the Predator, is he in few enough scenes in regards, because like you said, most of the time we see him until kind of this big third act. Is, I, would, I, would, okay. I would put him there. All right, and then my other question. Do we give to Shane Black for his contributions as a writer and actor? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> you good with Kevin Peterall? Right. Okay, I'm good with Kevin Peterall. Well, because you said certain things that Shane Black said, like wrote, but like yeah. we don't fully know the extent that he wrote. Sure. Um, I mean, he, I think he there's is moments good. We, yeah, well, I yeah. think there's moments we can tell what's Shane Black. Yeah, sure I think but he I is good. But I, I think Kevin Peterall for someone that the prayer doesn't show up for. Like again, you don't see the actual prayer to an hour in the movie, mm-hmm. and it's very brief. And then it goes back to the cloaking device. So you really don't see the Predator yeah. until the last 20-ish minutes mm-hmm. of the movie. And and like we talked about, his his what he brought to the performance, I think, yeah. is, was vital. I, think, I, mean, I, I, think I don't think too. the third act would have worked. I agree. Not, not, as much as I love Van Damme, um, I, I don't know how that would have played out. You know, And again, it, Van Damme also was like, he really struggled in that suit and whatnot. He was like yeah. really hot. And Kevin Peter Hall having experience with this, yeah. I think it was just a... Uh, it was the choice that needed to be made for the yeah. Yep. No, I, yeah, I go with him. Cool. Hall. All right, Andy Potts X Factor Award, supporting actor, actress that is the most memorable. Uh, okay, so my nomination was going to be Kevin Peter Hall as well. So I don't know. Who else <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess someone from the, someone from the team, right? That I mean, do we give it to Carl? I Weathers? don't think Carl Weathers. I think okay. Carl Weathers cool. in this category. I think because he, again, he's gone for that. I mean, he gets killed. I think an hour and mm-hmm. <laughs> probably hour and 10, 15, 20 in mm-hmm. maybe or so, give or take. Hour twenty ish, um, I think he's I think he's great in it. Yeah, I and think. I think that tension between him and Arnold, that tension and respect. Yeah, I think that really adds this whole element to, you know, it could have just been oh now they're fighting the predator, but they add this yeah, other conflict. And he, and he has a nice little arc where like again he's he's like he goes after Bill Duke mm-hmm. after Mac, when he's like no I guess I I got right. I got a score to settle as well. Yeah, 
um, I'm not just going to run away. So yeah. he, he feels guilt for like right. setting for not just setting them up, but also the previous team up as well. Now, now knowing what they now what they, knowing what they face, actually had yeah, to face yeah. and what killed them, not just not just the mission went wrong. It was right. the it, the mission went catastrophe was a catastrophe. Yeah, because of this unknown being that came in and killed them all. And now I'm gonna kill this damn thing. Right. And then it's the great moment when he does it. And it's the and it's the one that I think he, that that McTiernan them spend a lot of time on in terms of the killing. Mm-hmm. Because you see, like, it's the arm gets cut off. Yeah, and, and it's still it's, firing the gun. And it's still firing the gun. <laughs> and then it, 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 it's, been, it, it, it's a more it's a bigger lead up to when he actually dies. Everyone else is very quick. Yeah. But he spends a lot of time with Weathers. And Weathers gets a great performance in that moment. I heard about that little job you pulled off in Berlin. Very nice, Dutch. Good old days. Yeah, like the good old days. Then how come you passed on Libya, huh? Oh, that wasn't my style. You got no style, Dutch. You know that. Come on. Why'd you pass? We are rescue team, not assassins. Now, what do we got to do? That cabinet minister is very important to our scope of operations in this part of the world. Dutch, the general's saying that a couple of our friends are about to get squeezed, and we can't let that happen. We need the best. That's why you're here. Go on. Simple setup. One-day operation. We pick up their trailer at the chopper, run them down, grab those hostages, and bounce back across the border before anybody knows we were there. What do you mean we? I'm going in with you, Dutch. All right, Jen, Gene Hackman MVP award, the person who carries the movie, director, actor, etc. Uh, I got three people I would like to nominate. Uh, Let me guess who your three are. <laughs> McTiernan, obviously. Schwarzenegger. Yep. Stan Winston. Yep. Okay. Um, I think Stan Winston came in clutch, right? By saving saving their ass, that. essentially. Yeah. Uh, by that. redesigning the Predator. Um, I mean Arnold, even according to McTiernan, he was he was a he was a leader on set, and you mm-hmm. need that in this kind of movie, especially when you're dealing with these ele- these elements of of the jungle. Yep. Right. If, if your star was wasn't you know cooperating well with the, with these elements, you would be in trouble. You know. So yeah. He, he set the tone for the rest of the cast, and of course, Mike Tiernan, this being his first studio picture, and and delivering the goods. You know. Yeah. Um, and and also he dealing with the elements as well. I mean, he broke his his wrist. He did. <laughs> he he was, did. He was one of the guys. You know. Um. So I respect all three of them, and I think they all had vital parts to play in this movie. I'm going to go with Schwarzenegger. Cool. All right, this is my pitch for all the stuff you said. Of all information I learned today, the connective tissue between all the other nominees is that Schwarzenegger was one that possibly brought them on. Correct. So he possibly gets McTiernan on. And being being involved that early in development. Yes. Arnold. And also, even if he doesn't get McTiernan on, and he's involved. He is involved. Yeah. In early development. Well, he would have been involved in that conversation. Yeah, think, regardless, he been involved in that conversation, yeah. and so he he might not have saw Nomads first, whatever. Yeah, but he had to write off on it, right? And to write off on a director who's only made one movie, really, and that not a studio well. film. Yeah. yeah, that's a big. That's a, yeah. that. That's a big ask for a movie star to mm-hmm. say, "I trust you with this," and he does that. He also does the whole. I'm not going to make this about me. I'm going to make it about this huge, huge ensemble. Yeah. And all that. That's a big thing. He doesn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. And he was having fun with him on set, you know? Exactly, exactly. And, and, and you see, he sets the tone, as you said. And he's also like, he's he's furthering his craft by working yep. with Weathers and and, some, yep. and Bill Duke and some of these yep. other guys, you know? I agree. Yeah. And then you bring in the Stan Winston where he brings him on because they worked with Terminator together. Right. Yeah. So I think I think Schwarzenegger is the kind of yeah. denominator with all that, is that he is involved in some decision making while still an actor at the at the forefront of it all. He's the one that kind of 
pushes the entire movie forward in some way. His name is above the predator on his, his yeah. name is above the title on the poster as well. Like he has a lot riding on it. Maybe he he doesn't have as much to lose if it fails compared to McTiernan and other people. Sure, but I think he has a lot riding on it because I think this catapults him. Oh, definitely into the nineties. Yeah, um, and makes him an even yeah. bigger star than what he was previously. Because yeah. right after this, you get the uh, Running Man, which is the same Running year. Man, same year. But then you get Red, you get Twins, you get Red Heat, you get Total Recall. Carrying our cop, yeah. The nineties one is also insane. Like, no matter how you feel about yeah. those movies, like, oh, it's a comedy. It says, I mean, Carrying Cop made two hundred two million dollars. I, I kind of love Kindergarten. I kind of love Carrying Cop too. Uh, what did he say? Uh, what did he say? What, the, put the cookie no, down. That's from that's from uh, Jingle all, all the way. Isn't it? Oh shit! Yeah, you're right. Maybe he says something in uh, in uh, in Kindergarten Cop as well. But anyways, it, I, I love Kindergarten. But like twin, twins, twins yeah. also last, makes your yeah, last action hero as well. Last action hero, yeah. twins makes two hundred fifty million dollars. Like he's on a he's on a really great yeah. run. I've never actually seen Twins. Uh, <laughs> was it somebody recently said they realized that that movie was about eugenics? I, I think I saw somebody. Said that. <laughs> really? I mean, uh, well, I, I, you can watch you can watch Twins. Yeah. I mean, I think he's I think he's really good in I mean, it. I love that duo of, of him and him to be yeah. I think they're great. There's there's always been a sequel talked about for a long time. It was supposed to be a sequel. Um called triplets oh interesting it was gonna be the third Div- eddie murphy was oh, gonna be yeah. the third and now it's supposed to be tracy morgan who knows that'll happen yeah because 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 the murphy one was announced 2012 oh wow and was in development until and pretty much till recently but murphy's bouncing back so maybe, maybe. yeah um because ivan reitman was gonna direct because he did the first one but then ivan reitman passed away and so now it's like no one knows if it's actually gonna happen or not like, they could give it to his son yeah, that would be so odd <laughs> if Jason just like starts directing, like redoing all of his, his dad's, dad's movies. movies. Yeah, uh. Jason Reitman's draft day. <laughs> What's your name? Anna. Anna. This thing is hunting us, all of us. You know that. What the hell do you think you're doing? Everyone. I'm taking her back. We're out of here in five minutes. You're not going yet. Look, the rendezvous is 10 to 12 miles away from here. You think the chopper's going to wait? Dylan, we make a stand now. Or there would be nobody left to go to the chopper. There is something else. When the big man was killed, you must have wanted it. Its blood was on the leaves. If it bleeds, we can kill it. All right. Uh, Okay. I guess we'll get to our final questions. So... I propose this to you. I, I thought instead of like instead of like um, recasting the individual characters, what if we just built our own like modern okay, commando well, team? Okay. And the first guy I would like to nominate is Frank Grillo because I want to see that. I want to see that man. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what he would be on the team. Um, yeah. In regards to like his his role, but I want him on this commando team. Yeah. And he's he's one of those modern guys. He's one of those modern guys. I actually buy him. Being, he's not the, he's not going to be the lead, obviously. But I buy yeah. him in this world, uh, in these like '80s action guy, because they keep trying to make these pretty boys like, you know what I mean? They keep yeah. trying to make them modern action stars. But it's like Frank Grillo, he looks like you took him out of the '80s and yeah. '80s action movies and brought him to modern day. So I want him on this team. Okay. Uh, and then I also asked you if you could think of a wrestler that we could throw in. If, if you did, I don't know if you. If you I, did, I thought yeah. a few, okay, okay. Thought a few wrestlers. I mean, one big, one easy one is Roman Reigns, who's who's the king. Who's like he's the. A th- almost a thousand day champion right now. Uh, he is Dwayne Johnson's cousin. Uh, oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Roman Reigns. He's up there. No one that has a look. And you can look these up because yeah. I know. Uh, okay, I, I think I remember. So what you can see what they look like. Uh, no one's Braun Strowman. Okay. 
Yeah, Braun Strowman. Do, do do any of them kind of give off this energy that Ventura did, in regards to like hit, putting them in this team? You know what I mean? I think I think both of them. They're okay, very cool. different, but I think. Sorry, I what think was the Str- last name of the, of which one? Roman Reigns. Oh no, the second one. Uh, Strowman. S T R O W M A. Oh, I, I found him. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can see him. I, I can definitely I see, see him. Bron- he, he's, he's kind of a, he's kind Especially of that photo right there. Where he's looking jack. Yeah, he's kind of. But he's like, yeah, I think he's from. He's from Kentucky, maybe. Oh, is he? Or North Carolina? He may be from North Carolinas. He's a Southern guy. That's why I know. Yeah, North Carolina. Born Carolina. in Cheryl's Ford. Yeah. North Carolina. So he, he's a very kind of country country character. I mean, I like Roman Reigns, too. I think. I think Roman, yeah. I, either well, works. We could throw them both in. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Screw it. Right. I know Roman Reigns was in, he was in Hobbs and Shaw briefly. Um, uh, but he's he's one I would put in there. So who's, who's carrying uh, uh, Old Painless? <laughs> oh, is oh, oh, out of those two? Yeah. If we're trying to, hmm, I would go Strowman. Okay, cool. He hasn't acted in anything, and 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 I know you asked for that. Um, yeah, well, he'd be interesting because Ventura hadn't really. I mean, I think he'd been in a couple things, yeah. but he wasn't like not not as prominent. Grace, as, yeah. Rain, I think Reigns would be good. Yeah, as I think Reigns would be great as well. Um, yeah. Cool. You know, screw it. I'll switch it. Let's do Roman Reigns. Roman right, Reigns. Cool. I'll I'll be he's, the. He's carrying old Homer. Yeah. Um. A few names I have. And I, I did a little bit of like character based. Like I thought for Carl Weathers' character. Yeah, or, I mean, I guess we. we or just, that type character. Or he's still that CIA guy, right? Anthony Mackie. Oh, love I think it. after seeing Anthony Mackie yeah. a lot in Bigelow stuff recently with Detroit yeah. and Hurt Locker. And he can get jacked. He can't. No, yeah, he can't. Yeah. I mean, pain and gain. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he's big yeah. in pain and gain. But like, I, I think Mackie's someone who is a really talented actor who is great in action scenes, but just a talented actor is the thing. And I think. Could could do more than what he's currently doing right now. I'm in agreement. And, just, and hearing he's, interviews he's t- with him, it's like it's it's like why is Hollywood kind of? I mean, not- he, he I mean he 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 went to Juilliard. Like he's oh, he's wow. a professionally trained. So like I think he could easily be Carl Weathers' character. Yeah. Um, it's fine. I didn't realize I, I did this. So for Bill Duke's character for Mac, yeah, I put Winston Duke. Oh, okay. I love it. Um, I'm, I'm game. I didn't realize their names match. Their last <laughs> names match. Um, one one I had that I it could be anywhere in terms of what you're what you're asking, and he could be a leader. Maybe he's too much like Frank Grillo, but that's John Bernthal. Oh, I'm, dude, I'm all in on. John I think Bernthal, Bernthal could could be could be your kind of Arnold if you want to. I don't know if you want to go. He, he might be I too mean, small, yeah. but like I mean, but I'm I'm in. Yeah, I'm fucking. Oh, I'm sorry. I love John Bernthal. You can say fucking. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> You know, well, one of my it, favorite it, modern actors. Another guy that he feels like, yeah, he's from this era. Like uh, he could be yeah. from this era of because I think at this at this period of time, talking about the, the hyper masculinity. Yeah, these are all like, oh, the the big the big the guys have to be huge and big. Yeah. and I don't know if that's the case in military nowadays. They don't nah. have to be huge and big. It's it's a tactical thing. Well, I don't even think that was the case then. I think that was just like for the, the movie. movie. Yeah. yeah. So Bernthal was one. I had Cena down as well. Um, I mean, I'd be cool with Cena in there, especially after his like his camaraderie in the Suicide Squad. Yeah, I yeah. think uh, that's Peacemaker. Know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, like his team, you know, his team yeah. aspect. I think he he could fit in. You could you could throw an Idris Elba as well on that if you want oh, to. I'd be down. With We're him. just throwing a lot of names out here. <laughs> um, All right. Uh, I thought of Zahn McLarnan. I believe is how you pronounce his name. Maybe I'm butchering that completely. He is he is a indigenous actor. Uh, oh yes, yes, yes. He's he's, he's in Reservation Dogs. He's yeah. also he's also in Westworld. Yeah. I think season three, probably the best episode of so that you, season. You were kind of thinking him for Billy, maybe for Billy. Yeah. He's a little bit older, but I think he could be like it could be kind of a. Well, I mean, he has their tracker, so that he doesn't really tra- have to be. Yeah, you know, age. Um, 
the age of everybody else, right? Yeah, he could be an older, like, my last yeah. run, my last mission. Oh, wow. I mean, I love it. I think we got our team right there. Unless yeah. you, had, did you have another that's, that's it. That's all right. it. That's all I have. That's our team, man. Okay. I mean, it's going to be an expensive movie, but I'm all in. Not that expensive. <laughs> Honestly, the price, like, for the people, elbow? like, if he did Elbow, he'd be big, yeah. But, like, uh, like Mac, like Mackie, maybe. But, like, Zomaclar, nothing. Your, your yeah. Reigns are going to get much for. Depends. Yeah, it depends yeah. on what it is. But I, I don't think you're, you're not getting much for Reigns. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Winston Duke is while great is probably still like a and, supporting and, and level. And Grillo's not going to be. Grillo's not going to break the bank. Yeah, I think, I think, I think, yeah. I think it's doable. Let's, I think it's a doable cast. All right, let's pitch this to Shane Black, and he can, uh, he can, he can bounce back after that uh, yeah. last one. All right. Uh, no, we're going to pitch the Dan Trackenberg. Oh, I'm down with that. I, uh, I, and I do going off that. I, do, yeah. I like this idea that they're suggesting that they're going to just keep placing the Predator in different like time periods in history, yeah, which I love. There's there's a fan film that my buddy sent me. Um, it's on. Uh, it's like in medieval times, which fascinates me. Oh, I watched true. it yet. But anyways, uh, so does this film fit into any other genres? I mean, we kind of it could be kind of a horror yeah. genre. We're I mean, it's this mix monster of like, movies here, but yeah, yeah, but it's this mix of sci-fi, action, and horror. Yeah, it's it's a yeah. lot of different things. Yeah, it's aliens. So you have the yeah. science fiction ass element into it, the horror aspect of the kind of the kills and mm-hmm. picking off one by one, like like a slasher film in a way. Yeah. Um, well, I do think monster movies. Uh, like slashers were kind of born from. Yeah, movies, I think. you could argue is a survival movie in a way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, to an extent, yeah. and at the end, Arnold has to find a way to survive, and using mm-hmm. his primal like instincts to survive is yeah. the thing that feels like a very key and a, a, like a deliverance where it's a survival aspect really kind of comes in with that. Um, I said, I said maybe war movie because it does have that political yeah, intrigue. Yeah, team element. on a mission type thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. The political intrigue. It's it's, it's interesting like offshoot of like a cold war action yeah. film because it's dealing with the cold war in some way but then like it gets sidetracked because oh there's a massive <laughs> alien that came to kill us all I mean, but that sounds like that was what Ar- arnold's pitch right yeah. starts as that and then starts turns as into, that turns into a sci-fi horror team on a mission yeah and then something else so and then that but that's the interesting part of it is that like starts off as one thing and pivots yeah. into something else right right and again the, the kind of the brilliance of this premise yeah because uh, because like shane black in the in the interview he was like it was one of those ideas he was like Damn it! Why did none of us ever come up with this? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Well, then, how do you uh, how do you think this film fits into the the monster genre? Well, again, we we don't really have the 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 like underlying thematic elements that you sure. might see in Frankenstein, but it has those kind of things of a, of a of a creature, an unknown creature that they don't really, yeah. they don't, they can't comprehend. And they have to tackle it and try to kill it. It's a, it's, it's very much like a, a very simplistic monster movie mm-hmm. where it's like, here is the thing we have to either survive and or kill this yeah. thing. But I mean, sometimes that's what you want, right? Exactly. Sometimes you exactly. just want to, yeah. And I, I think it's very effective in, in that. I agree. Yeah. So, I agree. I mean, so I, I mean, think it's up there. It's, yeah. it's in an interesting kind of talking about genres is like an action monster movie yeah. that I think we probably see more of nowadays yeah. than we were seeing at that yeah, time. Yeah, because like what else? Like aliens maybe. Aliens, yeah, yeah but and then but like but then like Alien One is not really no, that's that. War, that's horror. That's the thing. It's like it's it's a pivot. Aliens yeah. is a pivot, and this is a pivot. Right. They're happening around the same time. Uh, I think Aliens is eighty six. This is being eighty seven. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there weren't there weren't a lot to my knowledge yeah. that were as good as say this and yeah. Aliens. There's a reason why you these are remembered. Yeah. These are remembered, and you have Alien versus Predator in a right. way too. Yeah. Um, they're kind of the the top of their horror yeah. sci-fi action genre, and, and also like monster designs, right? Exactly. Yeah, both both bo- bo- both are incredibly designed, and that's the other thing too. Talking about the practical effects, the practical effects in this are amazing with the creature design. Mm-hmm. While while werewolf might have more kind of like makeup effects that goes with it with the killings and everything, this deals more just the 
the solo uh predator and right. that's it and but it spends so much time on and it's also to finding out they had to do it that came in later to yeah. redo it basically yeah. it's it very much feels like the jaws like sharks not working right. gotta figure out what to do here um is very similar in that regard so they, they know how to they, they use the monster creatively and not just like giving it in every scene correct yeah they I built know. the tension around what this thing actually yeah, this, is this kind of idea of like uh, what is it because like how, how are we going to stop it if we don't understand it right exactly so yeah i'm, I'm in agreement there i think well, that's cool. all on predator 87 that's on Predator 87. Now, now I have to go watch all the sequels. Yeah. To really kind of understand. Well, it is interesting. We were talking about this aspect of like Predator lore. I think, and I know that I've never read any of the comics or anything or the novelizations, mm-hmm. but uh, there's like all, all this stuff that the Predator does in this movie that's kind of further explored. Later and then on, in, yeah. in Predator 2, it ends with the, I don't want to spoil it, but it ends with something that kind of sets up this aspect of like, oh, the Predators have been here for for a while come here to hunt right yeah this is this concept of like oh they send their young i I heard they reference a character that's in prey uh in in a way uh is what i oh yeah in a way in a way they set up the concept of prey yeah yeah because they they mention a certain character or whatever uh again this is just for me reading it five minutes before we start recording i was like oh that's interesting um but yeah so that's it for for predator next week we're talking about attack the block uh by Joe Cornish and, and uh, starring John Boyega, a very young John Boyega. Uh, Attack the Block is currently streaming on, I believe it's streaming on Prime at the moment, but I want me verify that for everyone here. Yeah, currently streaming on Prime, Paramount Plus, Tubi, MGM Plus, if you have that. Um, what is MGM Plus? Used to be Epic, 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 yeah, Epics. I never knew how to pronounce it, but yeah. MGM, MGM Plus, much more simpler. Much simpler to pronounce. Um, yeah. But yeah, young young John Boyega, Jodie Whittaker, who was in Doctor Who, uh, Broadchurch, Nick Frost, who's in Shaun of the Dead, and uh, Hot Fuzz, etc. Um, that's next week. It's the last one of the Attack the Block on our main show. Uh, also to our Patreon for Little Shop of Horrors just came out this past week. So check that out. If you're not a member of our Patreon, uh, it'd be great if you were. Uh, we have $3, we have three uh, levels. We got a $1, $5, and $10 tier level. Um, you get extra content, uh, newsletters, all this stuff, and we try to announce. Try to do two episodes a month for everyone, so you you'll get a lot of lot new new content, exclusive content you only get there. And so we appreciate everyone who's been donating so far and being one of our patrons. We can't do it without you all, um, and so we really appreciate it if you guys can join. Do that. That's a great way to help us out. You can write us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Our podcast being kind of the prime one. And five star reviews would be great. Tell us what you think of the show. Tell us what you love. Tell us if you love Predator. Tell us if you love American Wolf London. London. Tell us if you love Rick Baker. I don't know. Just tell us how you what you feel about the show because any engagement is helpful to us. Uh, any type of response anywhere. If it's on our social media, you know what? Comment on our social media stuff more. That'll help spread the word more. Share a social media post that we have. That'll help spread the word more. So any type of engagement you can do, review wise or on social media, that's very helpful. Uh, you can also subscribe to the show if you haven't already, because you need to, because that's a great way to help us out as well. And then be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Letterboxd, all the social media apps, all those things. David, as always, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, man. We have to listen to more episodes soon. Bye. Bye.